It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We're the only country that comes up with a name for fun. Crack. It's blackguarding. It's scutting. It's no harm. 55 euros straight out of my account. So they have my money and I have no test. Bad time for all these people and it's always a good hearted person to change them. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. You know that you have made it. You know that you are on the world scene when a living legend wishes you luck. What am I talking about? The living legend, ladies and gentlemen of Cork, City and County and wherever you happen to be listening to us this morning, The living legend that is Alf Stewart has stepped up to wish us luck today. G'day to all my mates in Ireland. Well, the big game's coming up, eh? The first game of the Women's World Cup. Australia versus Ireland. As you can imagine, I'm torn. But I'm sure you'll forgive me for going for the country of my birth. Obviously, I'd like the country of my heritage to do very well. But I hope Australia just managed to pip you in this one. But I hope you win every other game in the World Cup. Uh, Maybe except the final. Um, Have a great day. I'm sure it's wonderful over there in the summer. It's winter here. Not as cold as your winters, but still pretty cool. Uh, Thanks for watching our show. God love you. See you soon. Bye. Flaming mongrel. Out Stuart, the legend, wishing us well on the opening day of the Women's World Cup. Thanks to uh, young Mr Murdoch, who plays tunes here between 12 and 4. He's good mates with Alf Stewart. Imagine being able to say down the pub, I'm good mates with Alf Stewart. Someone at least will buy you a drink. Good morning. 0818 96 96 96. The number of the text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And the email, opinion at 96fm.ie. We will be going live to the Land of Wonder, Down Under, Later on, you won't miss a thing. There were watch parties on. There were people trying to persuade the boss to give them time off to watch the match. It's being brought up on laptops that were never used for that purpose before. You know, 
Geraldine in accounts is not happy because the guy who works next door has just ripped off her big screen to put it up in the... You know yourself. You know, it's happening everywhere. Let us know where you're going to watch the match this morning. Are you being let watch the match this morning? Is your boss sort of being a decent skin and letting you put a telly on in the office or in the canteen or wherever? 0818 96 96 96 Do let me know Just under two hours now To kick off We're still on our travels though This morning We're Going to Spain And pronounce it for me Susan La Cruella Am I right? Good morning uh, No Caruela Caruela Like Oruela yeah. Caruela yeah. Alright right. You living there Or just on holidays? Oh I live here now How, how long have you been there? January. Ah, very good. Okay. Yeah, it's lovely. Did it's you lovely. faint? Well, it had in... been lovely up to the last couple of weeks now. Yeah. Did you faint in the heat? I did. I did. And that's a new one for me. And I'm fairly acclimatised now. Uh, over the years, I've, I'm living up and down here for the last 25 years. Yeah. So I'm well used to the heat and taking precautions and my hat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we had cabin fever and we went out for lunch. And uh, I didn't last about 20 minutes. And I just said to my husband, oh, crikey, I don't feel right at all. And I went down like a sack of spuds. Really? Yeah. So you, are you near the fabulous. coast or are you inland or where are you? No, we're on the coast. Um, once you, like, in, we went into Torremolina's town for, for a bit of lunch because we had been kind of stuck in really with the heat. But, um, you know, the staff were very, very good and they were very adept. I was drenched with ice and I got water and all that. I was fine within about 10, 15 minutes and mm. then I came home. But down around the coast itself, on the beachfront, it's it's really not as bad as mm. it's been made out to. Once you come back off the beach, it's boiling. Yeah. It's absolutely roasting. So the beachfront has a bit of air and, you know, the sea breeze and all of that. Uh, now, that's not to say the sun isn't uh, deceiving. You'd be, you know, you'd be burned, obviously. Mm. But um, it's the air is cooler. The air was definitely cooler. But you're once you come back off the beach into the side streets, my God almighty, it's absolutely baking. You, you say you're going there for 25 years, Susan. Have you ever mm-hmm. experienced temperatures like this in July? We have. Yeah. We have. You see, the temperatures can spike, but it's the duration of this one is is kind of a new thing, all right. When did it get really days, hot? Um... Well, we've we've been in the heat here at 41 and 42 degrees, lots and lots of times. But it really is only a day and it might spike in the afternoon and it suddenly kind of cools down again. Um, but the other times like that it's been hot, you know, it has just been for fairly short duration. Mm. But this is now really sort of ongoing and it's now we're like we're all 10 days, two weeks into this. And it's it's very debilitating, you yeah, know. That's the word I was looking so, at. Like, would you consider it to be, and are they saying out there that it's dangerous, Susan? Very much so. Um, in actual fact, I was watching television about two days ago and and I think this could have been my issue as well. Obviously, dehydration. You get dehydrated very, very quickly. Mm. Um, but there was a doctor on and he was talking about um, people who suffer more of it, more of uh, kind of uh, heat spells or uh, heat stroke are people who have high blood pressure or people who are on... Um, blood pressure medication, because that causes dehydration to reduce your blood pressure. So you get the double whammy of the medication and the heat. So mm. they're the ones to really look out for themselves. And so that's that was the doctor now on, on, on the television the other yeah. day listening to him. And I thought, oh, crikey, that's interesting. And, you know? and you know, you so, said there's a little bit of exaggeration going on. These maps mm-hmm. of blackness are, are certainly looking a bit scary. What are they saying over there 
on the news? I don't know how your Spanish is, but what are they saying? All the usual warnings. Most of it is fire warnings because the place is so dry. So it's constantly, don't do your barbecues, don't drop cigarettes. Uh, Just be ultra, ultra careful. Uh, There's lots of woodlands around here back in a little bit from us. Um, So that's a very high risk fire area. It's like dry tinder, you know. Mm. So that's that's what they're really talking about. Um, uh, Fire, fire hazard. And just to stay very well hydrated, uh, wear your hat, uh, just just be careful, you know, mm. and stay out of it as much as possible during the day. But I mean, even at last night now, at, at three o'clock this morning, I looked at it and it was 30 degrees. Yeah, that know? seems to be the hardest part. It's not cooling down at night. That's what's like normally you'd get so a drop until the mid 20s at least. Right. That's right. And it's taking, like, the heat is already there from the day before. So it's kind of been built on that heat again mm. the following day, you know. Mm. So walking the streets is really, really bad. Like, I have um, family in Greece at the moment and they were, oh, they were like a half thinking of cancelling. But um, I was on to the menu and I said, how is it? And they said, it's not as bad as we were led on to believe at all. Mm. Um, but again, they're, they're actually on the beach and the beach area, the beach breezes is is. You know, it's reasonably comfortable. Again, all your proper precautions with yes. your umbrella and, and all of that. As yeah. like you know? Any time you um, would go to, holiday, to to Spain on holidays, be it Torremolinas, be it Alicante, mm-hmm. be it the islands, wherever you would be, like mm-hmm. you learn to be sensible. I'm going, I'm going there since 2001. You learn to be sensible, don't you? You do. You do. Um, you know, especially swimming, and your your sun cream washing off. Just make sure you reapply it regularly. But the the, the main thing is staying hydrated. And the one thing is, uh, don't drink. No alcohol. <laughs> like really, Susan? <laughs> You're expecting like people happen. to go on holidays yeah. and not be reaching for that one fifty point. I know, but in this in this heat, like it, it seriously dehydrates you much it much does, quicker. It does, in fairness, and it does. I I also think it's that's why I I went down like a sack of spuds as well. I'd had a, a, a I had two small beers, I see. and I reckon that just put me over the edge, you yeah, know. So really, really hot, PJ. Um, so I mean. What we don't have at the moment, thank God, is the Sahara wind coming up from Africa. I mean, that would absolutely... Yeah. How's the humidity? Because it is the humidity that gets me on the mainland anytime I've been there. Yes. Um, You see, the humidity makes it hard to breathe. And then when you're sweating, it's not drying off. So you're absolutely saturated wet. Um, but the humidity is, is, is pretty high as well at the moment. So it's, it's, the air is very oppressive, mm. really oppressive. You, you know? say you're there. So this, of course, in case people haven't picked it up yet. They will. They know by your voice now. This is the Susan Ryan from Susan Ryan Beauty. Are you retired? Mm. Are you over and back? I am. Yep. 18 months now. I'm done. Finished. Got out of town, had enough, did my 44 years. Mm. So, Did you buy over there, Susan? Are you, what are you doing? I did, I did. I bought about 25 years ago. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And everybody thought I was mad. And uh, They're not, they're not thinking know, that now. Our, 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 our first little house we bought just dipped our toe in the water. And was, we were, in actual fact, PJ, we were going to buy a mobile home. And the, the house here was cheaper than the mobile home. <laughs> Ain't that the story? So we bought the little house. Ain't that the and story? And we moved that on there about 20 years ago and bought on the beach. So, you know, it is lovely now, really. It's we're really we're not jealous. At all. Now, I know it's very hot at the moment and I know it's oppressively hot mm-hmm. and all that. When was the last time you had a shower of rain? Oh, crikey. <laughs> February? February? February, I'd say. I'd say February. How about Tuesday? 
you know? <laughs> Maybe February, I don't know. It, Good God. It's unheard of at the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and actually what hasn't been happening at the moment is um, a drought warning. Um, and we've been waiting for that, that, you know, Mm. Don't be obviously the usual thing. But they're you know. very good, aren't um, they, with the water? They desalinate and they use that for gardens and they use that for the toilets and they use that for everything else. They probably do. Um, all that infrastructure is goes over my head. You know, I does. just turn on the tap. Then out it comes. You know, can you drink? Can you drink it out of the tap these days? I do. I do. Yeah, it's it's good. It's nothing wrong with it. Right. But just around, just up the road from us, at the edge of the woods, there's a natural spring. Right. And the water from it is absolutely icy cold and fresh. Oh, so wow. the big water container for drinking, we fill that every now and again and use that. It, it's really beautiful water. Right. Up straight out of the ground onto the tap. Well, well you, you know, know what? Lovely. I know it's extremely hot out there at the moment, worryingly so, mm-hmm. but I, I'm still jealous, Susan. <laughs> well, I just feel, you know, I've done my time. I've retired and this is where I'm enjoying, you know. Good for you. And, uh, and back and forth, just back and forth now to, you know, my, obviously I have family back in Cork, of course, yeah. and they come out all the time, you know. I How often do you get back? Again, which is great. How often? I went back in February, I think, for a bit of business and do a few things mm. and back again then. So I don't think I'll be going back now till um, I would say maybe August. We kind of have a, a new a new baby, a new little nephew coming along. Mm. So nephew, grandnephew actually coming along. So I might go back to that. We'll see. Sandy, uh, once I, I asked you together. about the I asked you about the, the last shower of rain, which you think was February. Do you miss it? Do you miss the no. rain? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But in saying that, now, funny enough, PJ, I said I said to my husband a couple of days ago, I said, look up some flights. I'm going to go home to cool off. I said this is intolerable, and I do a bit of gardening at home and I tidy up, and, you know, whatever, sweep up the leaves or whatever is there. And the flights were four hundred nods just to go home, and that was only one way. Ah, that was the flights are gone absolutely outrageously expensive so that put a stop to my gallop going home you know so uh, we'll have to have another think about that one yeah the flights are a bit mental this year all right um, absolutely mental but um, you know as I said now my family in Greece think it's it's not as bad as they were. it was made out to be so they're, they're managing yeah. but the one thing is I would say you know anybody coming just be very well protected. Go in and buy your hat and your big straw hat and wear it. And just don't walk around in it. That that's all I can yeah. say. You know, just don't be walking around it. And things like queuing up to go in to see attractions or going on trips to places like Rhonda or Mihas, going up in going inland, absolutely lethal. It's so boiling as you go in, and that's where the temperatures are: the 42, 43, 44. They're really averaging around here about 38, 39. Yeah. 40 on the, around the beachfront. But once it goes over, like the, the 38, 39, yeah. it's absolutely roasting. Whereas the temperatures normally around here will only spike over the years at 35, mm-hmm. you know? So every degree after that really is, has a huge impact. Yeah. Every You would think it's only up a degree, but I'll tell you, it makes a huge I, I was saying during the week, I did Mohaka one summer when about 2004, 2005, and we stayed mm-hmm. in a huge complex over there. And it used to tip the 40 for about an hour mm-hmm. every afternoon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you'd get in out of that. Yes. You'd yes. get in out of that no and have a siesta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But there's mm-hmm. no there's no let up from this. But you see, the thing about the complexes, the bigger complexes, there's an awful lot of concrete and that holds an awful lot of heat. Yes. So that's why it would spike as the day would go on. But whereas when you're out in more of an open space, like on the beachfront, it is so much cooler. You know, 
it's it's still very hot, but it's it's a little bit more what I'd say normal, mm. you know. But thirty five that would be a spike over the years, and then with the the breeze coming up from the Sahara is roasting, or the the breeze might come down from the mount over the mountains and and onto yeah. the onto the coast. Very 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 hot. But like I said, that's all very short, and it's an afternoon or it's a day. That that's kind of about it. And then it's gone again and it's back to sort of tolerable, tolerable yeah. temperatures. Whereas now it's just there is no let up. We're so la- nearly two weeks of this. Lastly, yeah, you're going there. Yeah. You say 25 years, you're living there now. Mm-hmm. You see, I asked Julian this. He's living in Lanzarote with the last six years or so. Since you started mm-hmm. to go there, Susan, and spend time mm-hmm. there, you've noticed change. Mm-hmm. In the temperature? Yeah. Yes. Not, not really. No, not really. It's no, no. This is the longest duration of a heat wave that I personally have experienced. If I have experienced it before, I've forgotten. Right. But this is the one. This is the one I will always remember. But as I said, over the years, the temperatures have been fairly consistent, uh, with the occasion, as I said, you know, a, a, a day, two days of. It being extra, extra hot, but it always goes back well under 40. It's always around the 35. Mm. Um, but normal is like really, really normal is kind of about 32, 33. That's that's what it is. 90 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And then you get an odd spike. But this is just it's just the continuance of this is is really oppressive. Very, very oppressive. You know, mm. in, lastly, in, though, in movement you think- and going out and it's yeah. terrible. Lastly, though, do you think that some of the coverage uh, is over the top. I do. I do. I think the the climate activists are having a field day. Mm. But that said, but that said, I mean, this is genuinely hotter than I've ever experienced it. So look, I leave that to the experts. Um, not getting bogged down in that debate. Um, <laughs> You're probably best. <laughs> Oh, I'm not getting bogged down on that one, but I do think that um, uh, this is this is a bit a, a bit abnormal, all right. And Greece is very very hot, and Italy is very hot, and the islands are all around are very very hot. Um, but when they looked back at temperatures back, I think it was in the 70s. This type of weather was there. They show the history, yeah. so it's not new. Yeah, all right. It's not new. Susan, Susan, stay well out there. Enjoy your retirement. Well earned. The great Susan Ryan from Susan Ryan Beauty, now living just outside uh, Tormelinus, a place called La Caruela. Um, sounds lovely, don't it? It's hot, but it still sounds lovely. My nephew lives in Malaga. There was 45 yesterday. People should stay at home, says this call. We had a fascinating tour of the prison, and there's so much going on. If you look for it, we have a great country. We have a wonderful country. We have a beautiful country when the sun shines. But we also have a ridiculously expensive country and a country where it rains too much for me. But thank you, caller. It's a view. A warning, a warning. Now listen to this. This is Susan Ryan saying, when you get on your holidays over the next week or fortnight, my my brother's in Portugal at the moment. Good morning, John, if you're listening. My mates are out in, in Tenerife. Hi, Colin and Mags. Good morning. To you, I hope you enjoy the match. Presume you're going to the Chieftain, and people that I know all over the place. The message from Susan Ryan, who now lives there, is: don't be drinking. 
You can listen or not. It is your choice. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Corks Gold Imro Award winning sports show. Right, right here. Score on Cork's 96 FM. Join me, Trevor Welch, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix and all the latest sport as he focused on the All Ireland Senior Hurling final between Limerick and Kilkenny and five Cork clubs involved in this weekend's FAI Cup. Right here, right there. Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2 p.m. on Cork's 96 FM. I'll forget this if I don't do it now, so I'm going to do it now. Lock Rovers GAA Club, Gavin was in touch to tell us that they are now recruiting players and members. They're a proud club with a friendly atmosphere. And you can contact Gavin. I can use this number. 086 107 9187. 086 107 9187. You want to join Lock Rovers GAA Club. 0818 96 96 96. We have been probably waiting for this to happen for the last couple of months as we covered the story of the Ballancolic fire station, that big, bright, shiny, beautiful fire station that is pretty much empty most of the time. There was a fire last evening at an apartment in Classes Lake out in Ballancolic. It was the fire crew from Anglesey Street attended. It was, firefighters say it was well developed. That's firemen speak for, it was a bad one by the time we got there. One person was rescued and they're being cared for by the emergency services. Presumably they're okay. But uh, Kieran McCarthy, you've been an activist for the retention of or the development of a proper fire service at Ballincollig for quite some time. This is exactly what you were dreading. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Um, <clears throat> yes, exactly. Um, unfortunately, and of course, in these circumstances, nobody wants to say, I told you so. Because, as you said in your introduction, um, this was this was just waiting to happen. The, the dogs on the street could have could have told you that this would eventually happen, uh, given the law of probabilities. Um, fortunately, as you said, um, it wasn't worse. Um, but yes, uh, the firefighters described it as a well-developed fire by the time they got there. Um, they had to come from Anglesey Street, putting themselves in jeopardy, um, putting um, putting you know the, the the recipients of their attention in jeopardy. Um, yeah, and they say that coming from Anglesey Street adds another twelve minutes onto their journey in Ballancolic. And this fire, of course, as Sod's Law would, would have it, um, happened at around um, 6 o'clock in the evening, so right at rush hour time. Mm. So look, the dogs in the street knew it was going to happen. Um, it has happened. Um, the council overlords are still being obstinate in their resistance uh, to manning the fire station. And look, fortunately, this wasn't much worse. Yeah, 12 minutes is an eternity when a fire is developing. I certainly wouldn't like to be in uh, an apartment in Classes Lake um, waiting 12 minutes um, while the firefighters were on their way out. And I certainly wouldn't like to be a firefighter um, in a vehicle coming from Anglesey Street, battling the rush hour traffic, um, knowing that the fire was developing as it could potentially do Mm. and putting me in danger by the time I got there. Well, if you look at the firefighters themselves, when they use the words like um, long enough ringing up, doing the morning calls to fire stations, when, when they say a fire is well developed, they don't just mean it's nasty. They mean it's a bad one. And it had 12 minutes to develop. It's got a 12-minute head start on them. 
absolutely. Um, you know, I've I, I, I was previously at sea myself, so I've I've done firefighting in the past, mm-hmm. and the um, the videos that the firefighters, the professional firefighters, would show us, you know, um, of a fire developing in let's say a domestic setting, like your your standard um, sitting room. You know, the the amount of, you know, once it reaches, you know, once it gets time to take off, and I'm no expert, I've only been instructed in this, but, you know, once the soft furnishings, et cetera, get time to take off, it really is quite horrifying to to note. And the point here, of course, is that these are the experts. The the firefighters are the experts. They've been telling us that this is going to happen for so long. And and they, they quite simply haven't been listened to, PJ. They were before the WRC, the Workplace Relations Commission, um, some weeks ago, and the proposal from the executive of the city council would be that the fire station would be manned from nine to six, I believe it was, which, yeah. um, you know, they might just have caught this one last night, but perhaps not the, the next one. Manned from nine to six. And to do this, they would take two firefighters and one officer out of Anglesey Street. So they would deplete their crews there to do it. Um, they would take their breaks, their rest breaks inside in Anglesey Street because there'd be no facilities in Ballincollig Fire Station. Uh, oh, stop, 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 stop a second. Yeah. So you'd, okay, let me figure this. So yeah. you'd be yeah. redeployed from Anglesey Street out to Ballincollig. Now, that, that might be all right for some people, it might not for mm-hmm. others. But there isn't even a facility to have a coffee and a sandwich out there. Nope, um, that's what they wanted. Um, last time the firefighters were deployed to Ballincollig um, to cover for Ballincollig, which was uh, approximately a year ago, they brought in some outside um, facility, as far as I understand. But but talking to the firefighters, you know, it's possible. You know, it's you know, the, the facility there is less than twenty years old. You know it well, PJ, um, and it's perfectly possible to to have um, to have you know to you know to have facilities in there. Can't but no, that was if the your proposal. coach is like, you know. I know, sure. Yeah, just a few cups, perhaps, maybe, and maybe a kettle. <laughs> this is but uh, yeah, it is ridiculous. And that was the proposal, and you know, understandably, it's been rejected um, unanimously by the firefighters. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a further development. Um, the uh, Lorna Bogue Independent Councillor, would be well known to you, yeah. has put forward a proposal um, which is going to be heard before Cork City Council next Monday, I believe, at about half past five, um, under a provision known as uh, Section 140 of the Local Government Act, in an attempt to, by the elected representatives, to try and compel the um, council executive to get off their arses and do something about this. Okay, we'll see where that one goes. Gareth will be here and someone will tell him about that next week. Kieran, thank you very much. Just let it, I, I assume on the ground the word is that the person who was injured is okay? Rescued is okay, are they? I've had no further uh, information okay. uh, beyond beyond that, PJ. Um, but yeah, this is highly personal. Um, I know you're familiar with Ballincollig and you know how developed the western side no, of the village Lake. is. Classes Lake, well, Cla- you know Classes Lake. Well, so we've got the the rugby club there. We've got you know m- you know very intense development there, including you know these apartment blocks. Um, I think the word on the ground just now is thank God. You know, uh, no, no thanks whatsoever to the um, to the, the the council and all thanks to the firefighters. But thank God that we're not waking up to something really horrible this morning. Okay, let's hope and let's hope there won't be a next time. Kieran, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That situation in Palanca. It's it's got to be untenable. It really has to be untenable at this point. 
the match is at 11 o'clock, one hour and 25 minutes from now. PJ, my flag flying high outside my door, says Jimmy Horgan. Let's all do it. Support them. Fly our flags. I'd like to give a shout out to Megan and all the girls in the All-Ireland and to my soccer club, College Corinthians, says Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, up in the cabin, they have been working their magic. Uh, the cabin studios up on the north side has been working its magic. And I got wind during the night of what they've been at. This is from the cabin. Literally just dropped this morning. From the local pitches to the biggest stadiums. On the field I bring that skill, watch how this lady runs. You shoot me down but I won't fall, I am titanium. And knock Nahini, that bar place of a legend. Denise O'Sullivan, that's the name, now don't forget it. Standing tall and green, we got dreams, we can work wonder. Straight out of Cork, the banks of the lead to the USA, two down under. Got Captain Katie McCabe, Courtney Brosnan saving the day. Vera Poushy got a squad, now that will not be easy to break. We shout, come on you guys in green, come on you guys in green. We shout, do it for the guys out playing in the streets and parks in green. Probably dig this one out again. Ready? Magic from the cabin as always on Corks 96 FM. Just before I move on, um, I want to mention somebody. He'd have enjoyed that song. He'd have loved that song. In fact, he'd probably come in off the back of it with something like this. Go on, Sheba! <laughs> uh, we were very, very saddened yesterday in the DJ and radio and music and dance community uh, around Cork City and County and beyond to hear of the passing of someone I, myself and Fergal, have known since the 80s. A chap by the name of Colin, Colin Edwards. Funky Colin. We've known him since the Pirate Radio days. He passed away uh, yesterday, early yesterday morning. He'd been ill for a while. I think I mentioned him last week. Um, he was in his 50s. I'm not entirely sure what age he was. I remember being at his 50th birthday party. And it was a great night out. Ian Richards was the DJ. What a night we had. But Colin was full of fun and divilment and mischief and love. Love of music, love of a good night out, love of the crack love of his family Uh, he loved his friends he'd break your back with a hug if you hadn't seen Colin in a while he would literally snap your back with a hug his greatest pleasure in life was to see people happy and dancing and clapping their hands that was his happy place in behind a set of decks banging out his favourite house music for people to party and he was gifted was Colin with the most gorgeous voice uh, to be called to be to, for to have it said of you in in radio or in DJing that you had a gorgeous voice or you have a gorgeous voice is the ultimate tribute and Colin had a gorgeous voice and he could do an awful lot with it he used to do voice drops and voiceovers he had a little voice studio which he hollowed out the cupboard under the stairs and put a big microphone in there and that was his little studio and he could work wonders in there. He had a radio show as well called uh, Funk It 
up. But one of the things he loved to do, I have a couple of clips of him during the morning, one of the things he loved to do was to do name checks for all the great DJs in the business. Snowball, Redzer, Fame OK, Damien Shreenan, Dave Newman, Roy, Gary D, Anthony J, Hammy, Kevin C, and Colin Edwards. Thank you for making us your number one. We know we, 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 we know you love it. Ah, yeah. We'll miss you, man. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. It's time to vote in the Corks 96 FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Go to 96fm.ie, check out the shortlist for all the categories, and vote for your favourites. And vote for your favourites. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96FM. I just wanted to remind PJ, he himself said at one stage he dreads the thought of coming into work to talk about an avoidable fatality in Ballincolly because of the lack of fire services. As a former fireman, I can tell you, I also have this dread too. Let's hope you never have to do that. At the moment, it's just luck. And last night was just luck. Thank you for that, former fireman. 0818969696. A topic we've discussed many times on the opinion line is the subject of Lyme disease, which is far more common then you think, I remember we opened the conversation a few years ago with a woman called Ursula who told me of her experience and we could have filled a week with the calls that came in. Um, Anita, you've had Lyme disease for quite a number of years now. Uh, in fact, longer than you even thought. You thought you have it since 2019. But I think you have it since, since well before that. You just didn't know. Morning. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me, PJ. Yes, so uh, actually, it's it's quite difficult to release. So uh, initially, I thought the the illness started in 2019, but when we kind of look into the whole story and symptoms and gathering the information, um, it turns out that uh, the Lyme disease um, that was um, uh, that I was diagnosed with, uh, I have since several years. So um, roughly since I was 17, that kind of when the first symptoms appeared. And it happened that uh, for several years, it was kind of dormant up until 2019 when I was bitten again. And that uh, by triggered the Lyme disease and extra co-infections. It was a spider bite that you got, was it? Yes, yes, yeah. So it happened that the house uh, spider, you know, like each of us probably seen in a garden or even in a house, um, uh, uh, bit me. And since that time, I was very, very ill and ended up being hospitalized. Before you knew that it was Lyme, what did you think it was? What kind of symptoms did you have? Uh, I started having a joint pain, so I thought maybe I overdid myself. So we would say um, I worked too, too much, you know. 
or um, maybe I didn't wear enough good clothing during the winter, you know, and I got a bit joints pain or something like that, or maybe I need more sun because it was not good weather around or something like that. Then, then uh, I thought, you know, like uh, similar, like small symptoms, we would say a flu and fever. So I didn't really bother about them at that time. Yeah, it's a winter time. So maybe you thought you had the flu. You're a young woman. You were only in your early 30s when this began to happen. Like, Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah. And then, um, to be honest, who actually thinks about the illnesses while you are trying to live your life? Yeah. So I was ignoring all of the symptoms up to the time when I couldn't ignore anymore and I was hospitalized, then I said, it's something wrong and it's definitely not right that I am, you know, so ill. Who discovered it was Lyme? So initially it was my GP, a Polish lady here in Cork. We did the initial diagnosis, so it was like a very basic test and it became positive. And after that, I was trying to find more in-depth research because, uh, you know, like to be sure. And unfortunately, I couldn't find anything in Ireland. And I was directed to either go to Germany or Poland. Mm. And because I'm originally from Poland myself, I decided to seek for some extra help and test and diagnosis in one of the Polish clinics. And that's how it began. Yeah, so you're diagnosed with Lyme now. I'm sure you've heard the name of Dr. Jack Lambert, a good friend of this program and a pioneer in treatment of Lyme in this country. Have you seen Dr. Lambert? I was fortunate to um, take a part in a conference, which was uh, this year in May, the uh, TikTok Association um, of Lyme Disease Patients organized a such um, conference and Dr. Lambert was presenting during uh, that conference. And yeah, it was very, very interesting topics and kind of, I was very fortunate to meet him at that time. Only one doctor means loads of waiting time. And as you know, with any type of illness, there is no time to spare. That's why um, after, you know, consulting that with my husband and, you know, with my work and kind of all kinds of sources also finances, we decided to go to Poland and seek for extra tests and help. So how are you at the moment? How is Lyme affecting you at this moment in time? So at this moment, uh, I, I managed to, today is my first uh, day back to work since February this year. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it's a long journey and I, I'm starting with a 50% reduced hours. Uh, my work is very accommodating and very helpful and I'm not fired yet. So, yeah, good, you good. Know. <laughs> what, what kind of sickness have you had though over the last few months? Say? You know, like outside of Lyme disease and co-infections, I, I was diagnosed last year, February 2022 with a tumor in my stomach. So I had repeated tests on that. So then after that, I got infected with COVID. Um, So then I was feeling unwell and then I came back for a little bit to work. And in April, I had my schedule for going for a month for the treatment. And after when I came back, um, I was extremely exhausted so mostly you know like uh, 
extreme sleepness, so we would say 18 yeah. hours, 16, 18 hours, pains, aching, you know, travel pains. And of course, uh, outside the physical pain, there is also mental pain, yeah. you know. So. It's, a, it's a disease, Lyme, that can affect you in so many different ways. You said it started with joint pain, lung infections, all sorts Kidneys. of... Yeah, heart, uh, sometimes digestive systems. And then I had a problem with my heart, with my liver, and the like numbness of legs. So I was losing the feeling. I was oh, fainting, um, you know, and that kind of, the, the most common are the small, tiny ones, like a feverish, fluish, like ear infection, because it's a tiredness. Yeah, you know? yes, of course. Dr. Lambert has said this before. You know, Lyme looks like different things and... and is often diagnosed as different things. There is a treatment program that you can get in Poland. The cost of it is prohibitive. You've set up a GoFundMe for yourself. Yes, yes. So um, actually, I'm really, really thankful for having me uh, uh, with yourself, PJ. Uh, the GoFundMe is the way really uh, to go at the moment for me. Uh, we are hoping to raise the funds that will help me continue my treatment because this is not the beginning. This is the fourth year down and I still need additional treatments, additional tests. Previously, I had a problem with like depression, anxiety symptoms. Then before, before I had a problem with skin, with the ladies' parts, with the heart or, you know, it's changing constantly. So the the help it's needed uh, there and the treatment is needed there still. Your story is on TikTok Ireland. I, I've talked to the people from TikTok before. We've covered Lyme disease on this program many many times over the years, and we were shocked to find out how many people are suffering from it. Your story's on on TikTok. You have Instagram and a GoFundMe. Yes, yes. So, so um, I'm hoping just so just with my story, not only uh, kind of to raise the funds that will help and support my treatment, but also kind of raise an, an, an uh, awareness. And like you said, in Ireland, TikTok Ireland um, Association have been brilliant. They're very helpful. Mm-hmm. We wish you well with it. Just tell me a little bit about yourself before we finish, Anita. I know you've been in, you're living in Passage. Um, but how long have you been in Ireland? So I came in 15 years at this uh, stage. And um, yes, I live in Passage. Uh, I have loving husband who are, it's a great deal to me, you know, like if not him, I would probably n- never be too, uh, up to the level of the, uh, the, you know, healing as I am. You know, like I have uh, family members. I have two brothers and a sister. Two of them, uh, uh, two brothers been uh, in Ireland, uh, one recently came back. Um, the uh, chefs, you know, I really like Ireland. Um, you know, except maybe the weather. <laughs> yeah. The weather would be a little bit better. <laughs> but no, like the community in Passage is very nice. I really like this town, and uh, I really like ninety six FM. is very popular radio to listen during work. So we would say I used to work in a petrol station and. Uh, shops, so that's the most common radio play, you know. So that's, that's very nice to hear, and it, it's lovely to talk to you. I wish you well with Thank not you just your, your GoFundMe, but with your with your treatment because um, it, it must be terrible at such a young age to be constantly sick for so many years. Good speaking with you, and I wish you the best of luck. 
PJ. Thank you, and thank you for having me. More than welcome, Anita. Our pleasure. Good luck with everything. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Lots happening today besides just the match. I see the. Is it the Taylor Swift? Ticket prices will be announced or the tickets will become available this morning for next summer. They're going on sale. Um, and then Coldplay. Now, this happened quite by accident yesterday. Someone happened to drop it that Coldplay were confirming for uh, Croke Park next summer. They have confirmed on their website and the promoters have confirmed this morning Coldplay to play Croke Park the 29th and 30th of August 2024. Not quite sure when tickets will go on sale for that. They will be pricey. It's a big show. But that's a gig I'd like to see myself. We were talking yesterday about whether or not we could get them to Cork for a gig. But now that they've nailed two into Dublin, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility, I suppose, because they'd sell it out. But two gigs confirmed for uh, August 2024. Coldplay. Pre-sale is next week and we'll be talking to Katie. Our Katie, of course, is a, a Taylor Swift super fan. She already has her tickets for Taylor. So why wouldn't she? And she's sitting over it since the thing was announced. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Chatting earlier with uh, Susan Ryan, who's just outside Torremolinas, where she now lives and was going on about the, tell me about the heat of the last few days and how it is extreme and it is boiling. It is, she said, somewhat exaggerated a little bit in the media, but it is very hot out there and it's sustained heat for a long period. Uh, that's, that's what she was saying. Um, she was saying, don't be drinking by day if you're on holidays in Spain because you'll dehydrate faster. Yeah, okay, and that's good advice, I guess. Hard to listen to, but good advice. My nephew lives in Malaga. He said it was 45 yesterday. I, I did ask um, Susan if she thought it was a little bit exaggerated, and she said, well, the climate activists are having a field day. That's all she said. Someone said she didn't tell you any more on the climate. No, she didn't. They didn't expect her to tell me any more. I was being mischievous. Joe says, though, Joe says the woke media, oh, help... I love us when I love when they call us that. The if anybody knew me, you know, at the very first thought of being woke, I just want to go back to sleep. Um, the woke, the woke media have nothing else to talk about now that the RTE controversy is put to bed for the summer. So the climate agenda is easy pickings for them to scare the sheep into believing all the propaganda from Joe. Have a lovely day, Joe. Have a lovely day. 0818 96 96 96 Now, there's lost and found And there's lost and found I do not want to know where the owner of this is I do not want to come across, meet, ever meet The owner of this thing A snake skin Tory Joyce of West Cork Animal Welfare Group The very thought of coming across it 
would mean to me that its owner is nearby and I'm climbing the first available tree. Good morning, Tori. Good morning, PJ. Thank you so much for having us on. <laughs> so I, you don't want to meet Hissing I, Sid then, no? I, I don't want to meet the owner of this thing. No, I do not. Where Where is it found? Okay. Well, it, it was found actually um, in an area of Skull, just off the main street called Ardmana. The night before last, we got a call in from a man who was very concerned, as he, as you could imagine. He found this four feet long uh, shedded snake skin on the footpath outside his house. So I presume he thought he'll, he'll ring up West Cork Animals and we'll, we'll, have a, we'll be able to help or whatever, offer advice. So I put it up on Facebook, as you, as you probably saw, and um, it attracted a lot of comments. Now, there's three scenarios. Number one, it was put there as a joke. Mm. Uh, number two, it got there accidentally. Or number three, there is a snake on the loose, which the man who rang us was very genuine and very concerned. He also sent the pictures, which you may have seen. And yes. as I said, it's uh, it probably shrunk a bit, a bit, and the head was a little bit corrugated, but probably four foot or so. But... These creatures come from the the eastern part of the United States originally, but they're endemic now to Florida area, southeastern United States. So they do like it warm. Do we know what form, what, what um, I did, breed of snake it is? Or is it possible to tell from the we skin? We think, well, as I was going to say there, it was, um, we presume, we presumed it was probably a corn snake. They really are the most common pet snakes you'll find. They're docile enough, <laughs> which you'll be glad to hear, PJ. They're docile and they're very colourful. They're kind of, if you Google one, brownie, yellowy with lovely red yeah, coral Yeah, they're, they're a beautiful looking creature on a screen well away oh, from yes. me. Aren't they poisonous? Yes. No, they're not venomous, not at all. Now, they do have teeth like all snakes and they'll give you a little nip, um, but they're definitely not not poisonous. I actually rang Rosie of Animal Magic in Kilmallock and Limerick. She's very always very helpful with exotic species. Mm. And um, she, I sent her the skin and I said, do you think it's a corn snake? And she said, yes, probably most definitely it is. They are kept as pets, but they are renowned escape artists, PJ. <laughs> so now this is an area of Skullard Man. It's just up from the main street. So it's a lot of houses there. Um, they are harmless, but they will nip. So just be careful. The advice really is if anyone comes across him, which would be great to scoop him up because although this time of the year and I suppose with climate change and everything, it is hotter, he will survive fine. They, they can hibernate or curl up. They only need to eat every 7 to 14 days. Mm. So he'd probably be curled up now. They like a bit of water. <laughs> Pardon? What's they're that? not man-eaters, though. No. Not- <laughs> No, <laughs> just imagine, PJ, as you sit uncomfortably on your on your studio chair. Oh, to, to, to me, no. to me, Tori, everything is an anaconda. Eat mice. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> yes, I know. We've all seen those those posts. Yes, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, um, you see them in pet shops and things. Yeah. They are sold uh, as pets now. People who do get these snakes should research. Um, because their needs, their housing needs, their care needs are very specific. Yeah. They, they eat mice mostly. Um, obviously, originally they were in the corn in the United States. They probably used to clear rodents. Mm. Um, they don't, they shed their skins actually every, about every three months an adult snake. They can get up to six feet plus. Yeah. And they can live in the captivity. The oldest one ever lived over 30 years. So yeah. they're a long, they're even, they're a long-term commitment and they really, 
I suppose keeping these exotic species, I suppose we can all debate the, yeah. you know, the no, rights no, no, and no, the poor old devil, in fairness to it, he doesn't like the cold. So a cold, the cold, the, the nights no. are the nights are cold, and he won't have liked it if he's yes. out all night. No, he won't. But this time of the year, PJ, he should be fine. He'll curl up because actually, in the in the um, southeast of the United States, it can get cold at nights parts of the year, so they can survive. They also need a water source. Um, even before, because because that skin was intact, PJ, it actually shows that this snake is healthy. Right, well hydrated. Um, because yeah. If, if, yeah, yeah, it's well hydrated, exactly. And they shed their skins to grow and they shed their skins to rid themselves of parasites and mites and everything, which is a great idea. Mm. <laughs> um, and and obviously he's get, this snake is getting bigger. So at four feet long, he's fairly mature, or okay. she. Mm-hmm. Um, but she could be out there somewhere. So if anyone in Skull does come across her, do contact us. But the best advice, the best way to do is is get someone who, who's got confident enough to catch it on the back, mm. in, by the back of the neck and, and the tail, and put it into a cotton pillowcase, not the pillowcase. And again, Rosie of Animal Magic said that they would take it and look after it. Okay. So we do have a plan in place if it's seen and, and again. If anybody, if anybody in Skull mm. is missing a snake, it's a strange one. Yes. Very strange one, PJ. And my friend Barbara, um, who adopted a lovely little dog of us called Charlie, um, messaged me yesterday to say it's caused quite a stir in Skull. I bet it has. The snake story. It's not yes, the kind of thing you see look- lying around on the pavement every day. Well, the man was very shocked. Very shocked. Uh, he I'm, he contacted us and he I really didn't pain. know what to... But you know, one never knows an animal welfare, PJ, what the next call is going to be. We had the duck the last time now that <laughs> we moved to snakes. Goodness knows what the next one will be. If anybody wants to, has found a cotton pillowcase, grab, I mean, okay, we all watched, we all watched Steve Irwin, God rest him, and we all, and we all watched, yes. there's a guy in South Africa, his name, oh, it escapes me, he's covered in tattoos, he does a wonderful program. I love watching them on television, there's no one anywhere near me. Behind the Neck, Yes, gently, and pick yes. him up and put him and, into and then on the on the on the back, on the back. yeah, and, and just or pick it up with if you've got a net, you know, a net that you have for, you know, for the kids sometimes have the nets, you know, for scooping for fishing, pools yeah. and things. One of those, yeah, for fishing or something. One of those would be great. Mm, okay, just to catch it and to put it safely, and and hopefully this little guy will be all right. But they are renowned for escaping. They can get through the tiniest of holes. And people who have them should be checking their housing very often just to make sure that there's no cracks or because they do want to go, you know. Can I say this though, getting a flush the toilet before you sit down? I say close the lid too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if anybody's found, go ask Cork Animal Welfare. I know we're having a laugh about it, but if someone is missing a snake, it's a delicate creature. It won't like the, the cold by night. Uh, if you have come, um, we think it's a corn snake, which means it's harmless. It is also, and I'm terrified of that blast of things, terrified of but it's a beautiful creature. Beautiful creature with astonishingly gorgeous colours. So if you come across it and you have the confidence to catch it, if you've watched Steve Irwin over the year, who is that? Oh, Snakes in the City is that other programme that I, that I watch on, on one of the channels. Uh, and uh, the pick him up, put him into a, a cotton pillowcase and then give give them a ring at our, our call at West Cork Animal Welfare Group. And if you've lost your snake, if you're in Skull and you've lost your snake, uh, let us know. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to talk to someone who keeps snakes. 
Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 if you should hear any strange sounds over the last couple of next couple of minutes, it's because we're trying to get the telly sorted. Ah, there it is. Ah, look, we have the telly in this in the studio set up now for the match. That's marvellous. Thank you, Jer, for the IT department who's just sorted us out. I'm looking at the team lineup, and I'm looking at the, oh, it's brilliant. That's fantastic. Now on a big screen, we'll have the match in in the studio when it comes on at at eleven o'clock. We really are on on the build up now. Um, talk to Eileen. Ring. She's there. Is she? Eileen, morning. Hello. Morning, Peter. How are you? Great. Fierce excitement altogether, Eileen. Fierce excitement. It's only 40 40 minutes away. Yeah, it's crazy. Like this morning, fairly emotional now this morning, even just with all the VTs and all the build up stuff last night and again this morning. And after watching the first match there now a while ago, it's really. Watching the girls warm up on the TV now, yeah, it's finally here. It's been a long, long wait, but it's finally here. Yeah, you're part of the Three Other Amigos podcast with with Damien. I take it you haven't travelled. I don't know where you are in the world right now. No, I'm down in Carrigaline. I have a three-year-old, so I think Australia would have been a bridge too far to, for her, <laughs> yeah. But look, hopefully there'll be many more World Cups that this will kind of become a regular occurrence because, as I said, it's been a very long wait, even for Ireland in any, in any in men's as well as 2002 is the last time we were in a World Cup. So um, hopefully not as long a wait for the next one. It's so wonderful. So wonderful oh, to, that, that yeah, we're there. The, we, to have two Cork girls as well. Yeah, the team is in good shape. Vera, there's, there's something about Vera Pau, isn't there, that you just inherently trust. Um, yeah, and like, I mean, this this Irish squad is, I mean, they're unbelievable and you know what you're, you're going to get with them and like they leave everything out in the pitch and you're never left wanting for effort or anything like that. They're just pure heart and you know how much it means to every single one of them and to be fair to Vera, like she, she's brought us over there now and like her, her starting eleven is very strong and said it's we've overachieved by getting over there and I, I I hope people appreciate that but as said, this this squad of players and this management team, like we're not going to be left wanting for effort or just the joy they've brought to the nation, I think, mm. is just, it shouldn't be understated. Opening against the host nation in front of 80,000 people. Like, for for someone like Denise or, or Megan or anybody else, what, what's it like? What's that moment going to be like? It's absolutely incredible. I'd say other than Katie McKay, probably none of them have played in front of a crowd even half that size. Like, so, I mean, what an achievement. And, well, like, what a, what a day for, for Wilton and for Corinthians and for all the Cork Women's Schoolgirls League that, that have brought these, these girls on and through grassroots and things like that. What, what an amazing occasion. And I know, I know a lot of clubs are very, very proud all over Cork. And as I said, the, the Cork Schoolgirls League in particular. Um, and look, these girls are brilliant ambassadors for our game here and, and for Cork. And I'd say the buzz up around the north side and around Turner's Cross this oh, morning is, is unbelievable and yeah. rightly so. Turner's Cross have the match on at the stadium, I think, uh, on, on, a, on a big screen. There's people trying to get into canteens. I've just got it on the screen here on the wall in, in the studio. Couldn't possibly miss it. Um, yeah, it's, it's such I, a... hopefully the entire nation's eyes are on it now this morning. Yes, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely. Um, you, I, you, 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 will you have Babby on your knee while you watch it? Yeah, she's after demanding her iPad there, but she's going around singing "Come on, you girls in green" anyway, so she's well trained already. She's she's a regular attender of Cork City Women's Game, and, and we'll be going to the Aviva for the Northern Ireland game next month. So it was ingrained into me from when I could walk. So it'll be that's hopefully be passed on to her now as well. How do you? I know 
I've no doubt, but the Matildas. Actually, I think it's a lovely name. I, I wish we were called the Shamrocks or something, but the, the, the Matildas, they're good at what they do. Uh, and with a home crowd, they'll be a real severe test. What would be a great morning's work? I did, a, a draw would be a great result. Like, I mean, as you said, that they're a brilliant side and I, they've peaked really at the right time now as well. And I think they'll, they'll be in the mix for the tournament. But um, Sam Kerr, obviously, it was just announced she was injured there now. So, like, she's a huge loss to them. Yeah, she really she's is, their like, playmaker, she's, yeah. She's their, absolutely, like, but I said a draw would be a great result, I think. Look, defensively, we're very sound. We're, where I would be fearful is if we concede early. Um, where do our goals come from? But I think if we can frustrate them, and mm. I know it's a home World Cup for them, but like judging by my Instagram stories this morning, the amount of Irish that are going to be in that stadium is going to be frightening. Sure, look at the number of people that are in Australia, the number of Irish yeah. people that are there, and you yeah. know how good we are at getting tickets. Like we'd we'd get tickets for for a match in 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 the art in the Arctic Circle if we had to. Yeah, I think I think other nations will get a shock when they see the amount of Irish in there. So we probably expect it of ourselves, but oh. I think others might get a bit of a surprise when they see how many Irish are in that stadium. All right, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's hoping for a good morning's work on behalf of the. the and like you said, Eileen, and you're right. It's such a massive, massive achievement just to just to get there. Just to get there is an astonishing achievement, and we should be very cognizant of that. Eileen Ring from the uh, the other three amigos. A podcast uh, does it with uh, Damien Sweeney and she'll be watching the game. We might even we might even catch up during the game. Maybe give her, uh, ask her there, Fergal or Emer, if she do a little halftime, a little halftime summary for us because it'll be halftime here about quarter to twelve. So before we're off for 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 the end of the day, there's a bit of trouble. They were hoping to have a screen at Turners Cross, but they were struggling to get a screen. I hope they sorted it. 0818969696 Now Maureen Tuig went to College Corinthians last evening a great club uh, they were hosting open training sessions for girls uh, to coincide with the start of the World Cup and Maureen went along to sample the atmosphere Saskia, I play centre back uh, I love how like it keeps me active and it, like I make loads of friends playing the game what do you make of Ireland to being in the World Cup? I think it's great because like we've never like really been in the World Cup like, so it's really great for all the young girls around and to look up to as inspiration. And Megan Connolly, having played uh, soccer here, is that an inspiration in itself? Yeah, it's a great inspiration, and she actually went to my school as well, so uh, it's great to look up to, you know. And what's the plans now for watching Ireland matches? We have them all written down in the diary. We're going to sit down and watch them all and support. And how do you think they'll get on in the tournament? I think they'll do good. Like we're hoping, we're hoping they do good anyway. Uh, I'm Isabel Connor, and I play with College Corinthians Girls Football Club. And what position do you play? I play a striker. Brilliant stuff. So, are you excited for the World Cup? Oh, absolutely buzzing, yeah. And how do you think Ireland will fare? Honestly, I don't think they'll do very well, but that's not what we should focus on. It's getting there and seeing the representation of the country and all the girls that have done so much for, for ourselves and for football as well. Yeah, do you see and them as role models? Oh, 100%. Like, there's so, I think every girl playing football can see themselves in one of these Irish national team players. There's, you know, from players coming from a club like C- College Corinthians, where we're all behind and have spoken to girls. I was speaking to girls playing with Lag and Harps recently and Amber Barrett played with them and they're hugely behind her as well, doing much the same thing. So there's definitely 
nearly 20 clubs all over the country that are doing the same thing as us and so many more that are just so behind this national team. How important is it to celebrate women in sport? Oh, it's hugely important because sometimes this is overlooked and there's, you think of the men's sport and when you think of sporting legends, you automatically go to Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi instead of looking to people like Megan Rapone and um, Vivian Miedemar. So I think it's huge just the representation and to, for all girls to know that they can come out to their local club and play football just like any of their boys can too. For your local club here to have these open sessions and encourage it, how important is that? Oh, it's absolutely huge, you know, to make in the area to, to make it much more popular because we have built a fine club in the last few years and hugely raised the numbers and our teams have done really, really well and I think it just shows how, how great we can do in the future as well and we've set ourselves up very well for the future. Amy, <laughs> do you play for College Corinthians? I do. And position do you play? I'm a right wing. Excellent. Do you like playing soccer? I do, I love it, yeah. And what do you love most about it? Um, I, I just like the, like the friends and the connections you can make playing soccer and just the sport in general What do you make of uh, Ireland tonight bringing the World Cup? I think it's really cool um, because I don't know it's like inspirational you know? Yeah would you see them as role models? Um, yeah yeah, especially because you know um, they played here as well so I don't know <laughs> Would you have aspirations maybe to play in the World Cup one day? Yeah I would um, I don't know I think it would be really cool And what's the plan out for watching the World Cup? Um, yeah we have them we have them all down so I think we're all going to watch them together is like a club and I think that's really cool you know? and yeah how important is that I suppose for younger girls to see their role models doing so well yeah I think it's important because you know it just shows that like you can get there if you try hard enough um, yeah how do you think they're going to do <laughs> um, I don't really know I think they could do well but it, it depends Atha so, uh, tell me, do you play for College Corinthians? Yeah. And what underage do you play? Under 13s and under 14s. And what position? Left mid. What do you like about playing soccer? Like anything, like everything. Like it takes my mind off like everything I have in my life and stuff. And I just really love playing it. And what do you think of Ireland now being in the World Cup? <laughs> it's really amazing because like Ireland like like barely like even gets into the World Cup. And yeah, I think it's like a like a great accomplishment. Sure is. Uh, that's from College Corinthians last night. Right, Vera has named the team. Uh, the team sheet has been uh, published this morning. If you've heard it already, uh, then I'm sorry, but this is my first time to see it written out in front of me. So the Irish team for the match at eleven o'clock: Courtney Brosnan in goal, Louise Quinn, Neve Fahey, Megan Connolly, Ruisha Littlejohn, Denise O'Sullivan. She made it. Katie McCabe, who captains the side, Heather Payne, Sinead Farrelly, Kyra Carusa, and Marissa Shiva. That's your starting 11. The subs are Maloney, Walsh, O'Reardon, Mustaki, Caldwell, Barrett, Ag, O'Gorman, Quinn, Larkin, Grant, and Atkinson. But the team has been announced. It is half an hour to kick off in the World Cup. Let us choose what song we might play at a key moment. Now, I, we'll always remember. We'll always remember, those of us who were around at the time, the buzz of Italia 90. Italia 90 versus Australia 2023. Let's do this. Which one of these do we prefer? So this has just dropped this morning from the cabin studios. Gary and his team have been working their usual magic. This dropped this morning from the cabin. And 
Let's go back 33 years. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Two grand minutes. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. In the morning. I'm getting money. Money, 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 money. Oh my god, money. Oh my god. The money. On Cork's 96 FM. Phil is working from home and all set. Yeah, if you're working from home, aren't you haunted this morning? Working from home, all set for the match, says Phil. I'm off to the pub. Took the day off to support the girls, says David. Good for you. Good for you, David. Uh, where are you watching the match? Oh, wait, three, three ninety-six, ninety-six, ninety-six. Now Jim Ryan. Where else would he be only in the stadium? Jim, how are you, fella? Good morning, PJ. Or good evening to you. What, what's well, the atmosphere good evening like to out you, there? The atmosphere is absolutely electric at the moment. Um, we've got uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go before the teams come out. They've just gone back into the changing room. And big breaking news here is that the Australian... Top player Sam Kerr is out injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just broke here well ago. I presume it has broken there as it well. Has. It, it, it has. She's, she's what, a big playmaker what, for them. Like she's a big player. Yeah. What a privilege it is to be here. Um, as it was in 2000 when I was here when Sonia won her silver medal in the same in the same stadium. Was it? And uh, same atmosphere that time. It is absolutely electric. Is it packed? Well, they're all coming in still, you know. Mm. I, I actually had to come down, believe it or not. I'm talking to you from 
the, the exit of the men's uh, bathrooms because it's the quietest place I can find at the moment. <laughs> so, is there a big um, Irish contingent? Because we were thinking, obviously, there's ticket. Uh, you, you can check with ticket sales, but Irish people will get a ticket for anything anywhere. Is there a big Irish contingent in the stadium yeah. so far? Well, at the moment we're outnumbered by the Aussies, but you know, Paddy's inclined to arrive late into matches, so. Uh, we really won't know that until near the kickoff time. But the boys here, every Irish person we've met since we came out seems to be um, getting ready to come here. They all seem to have tickets, so there should be a good crowd, 80, 80 plus thousand, mm. which is a record for a women's game here in Australia and probably in most places around the world. I would you know? think so. I so think. And it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here. Jim, you have followed Irish teams and Irish athletes around the world for more years than I care to remember. This is your something like your 140th trip. Um, a great result today would be what? A great evening's work today would be what, Jim? Uh, a great evening's work would be to get a draw out of here and keep our hopes alive and then we we go down to we go down tomorrow morning down to Perth, um, and hopefully we do something against Canada on um, next next uh, Tuesday night. I think it is. Yeah. Um, so a, a draw would be a good result for us. But um, you know we'll have to take it and see what happens. Now Australia are good. They beat France actually here the other night, or down in Melbourne, and um, it's apparently all accounts. They were superb that night. Yeah. And uh, France, as you know, beat us last week above in Dublin or two weeks ago. Yeah. So, you know, you don't know until it happens. But as, as I said on somewhere else the other day, when Paddy or Patricia put on the Irish jersey, it's a whole new ball game. It is, you isn't know? it? It is. The, the, the whole country comes gets over. behind them. It, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you, you've, been, you've been there a few days. The buzz in the streets is big too, Jim. Oh, the buzz in the street is big, yeah. Even though most of us, I say, were shattered until today. You know, it took <laughs> us a few days to get over the, the long trip. And um, as you know, PJ, as you get a bit older, it takes a bit longer. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're only really coming around today. So we were lucky. We, we arrived here early Monday morning. And uh, yeah, we're up for it now. You Good. Know? Good. Well, I'll let you get back up to your seat. And Jim, we might we might maybe Thank catch you, up at halftime and see how it's going for you. But uh, Jim Ryan, the great Jim Ryan, on his... Hun- how many trips is it now, Jim? 140, what? Well, this is my 143rd uh, away Irish game. <laughs> but I've been on several other trips abroad. So. All right. Okay, a man, of, a man of many travels is the great Jim Ryan. He's in Australia, in the stadium to watch Ireland play Australia in the Women's World Cup in less than... 20 minutes. There are watch parties everywhere. There's one down at the Mardak and I think there's there's a huge crowd building in there. A lot of Denise O'Sullivan's family are there. Sinead is their events manager. Hi Sinead. Hi PJ, how are you? Great all together. Big night. A big day. Big, big day in fairness. It's great to see the sport. Great. Now, Kitty is your sports coordinator. Pass over the phone to her there to chat with her. Yeah, no, of course. No problem at all. Hey, Kitty. Bear with me one second. I need to go to the crowd. 
No, but it's, it's, it sounds like it's in the never as busy at 20 to 11 in the morning. Exactly. I just need to find him there for two seconds. She got missing on you. Lost in the crowd. Sinead, how, how busy is the place? Um, it's fairly full now. We have over 55 of Nisa Sullivan, family and friends, and we've got two bookings. So I'd say close to 70 to 80 people here already. Wow. And over 50 oh, of her family oh, and friends? Yeah. 55 of her family and friends, correct. That's incredible. And have their flags and bunting and jerseys? Yeah, we ha- they brought everything in, and we also ordered in loads of decorations as well. Deadly altogether. And this, like this hour of the morning, you'd never have seen a crowd like this in, in there before. No, definitely not. So we opened up earlier because obviously we don't usually open to the evening time, but for big events like this, we'll open. Fantastic. And who's there? I mean, fa- family and friends are there. Uh, are, I know some of the family have gone, gone to a pub that are rock, but everybody just seems to have piled in there. Yeah, exactly. So we've a good majority of our family here, all her sisters, like, she, like uh, she, I've met Sinead, that's the lady I booked through, and then there's also Melissa and all the kids and uncles and everything. They're here. Fant- fantastic. Is Kitty, did you find Kitty? I am trying to find her. You're all right. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it, sorry, can you just give me the name there again? Apologies. Hmm? Um, who are you looking to speak to? Kitty. Kitty, the sports bar manager. Yes. Yes, of course. I'll get a few there. Sorry, she just caught in the crowd. Sorry, my apologies. You're all right. You're all right. This is live. This is Hello. Hi, Kitty. How are you? Hi, how are you? Grand. It's jammed. It's absolutely jammed, yeah. It's unreal. It's great to see. So who's who's there? Uh, it would be all of the Sullivan family are in the back, and then we have a good few customers out the front then as well. So the buzz is very good. Very good, Audi. Have you? What, how many screens have you got? Screens. We have twenty-three screens. Twenty-three so, screens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can't get away from it. <laughs> Everybody will have a good view of this game. Exactly. Exactly. It's plastered all over the place. Fantastic altogether. Well, have a great morning down there, Anthony. Else, we'll be back to you at some stage during the course of the game, maybe around half time. What's Fabulous. the feeling? Is there a feeling that they can do something here? Everyone is oh, telling absolutely. us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone is telling us a draw would be a great result. Yeah, it would be a good result, but I think we can get through it. <laughs> you think? We, you, you, yeah, I know. We all, we're going to every match wanting to win. I know, I know. Let's, let, let's hope, let's hope. We'll catch up later. That's Kitty at the moment. They're up to their eyeballs down there. To go, we'll go to St. Vincent's. They have a watch party up there. Tammy Hopkins. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Hi, BJ. How are you? Hi. What's the buzz like up there? We're in, currently in the same Mary Nocnahini Canteen, the youth centre. Yes. In Nocnahini, but the atmosphere is fantastic. We've a band in there now singing Country Roads, getting everybody. You've a band? This is morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a big, big Nocnahini crowd in because there's so, suckers in the morning. Denise O'Sullivan is playing today, so we're That's all right. static. The place is all done up. There in was green, white, and orange. Um, the flags everywhere, Denise's face is everywhere. You walk in and they have two. Hello? Yeah, I'm, there, I'm here. Oh, sorry. I'm here. You're okay. I, I, I'm here. It dropped in this end. So you walk into the hole and there's the cork, the Irish and the Australian flags out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a great atmosphere. There's a good 50 to 60, if not 100 people up here at the moment. Fantastic. Getting going. And the staff are all in their green and white jerseys and everybody's in green and white and the Irish jerseys and everything today. Flags and banner and bunting. I'm just looking actually at television pictures of the stadium. It's Wouldn't, we, wouldn't oh. it be massive to be there? Oh, it would be absolutely fantastic to be there. We have televisions there around here and we're all 
wishing that we could be there today, but it's a shame that we're not. But we'll fly the flag from this side. Yeah. What? But, uh, yeah, it's great. It's also to be great today, but I think they might just do it. Hopefully. Do you really? Yeah, yeah I really do. I think they might just do it. Yeah. And Denise's face just came on the television there while they're going, everybody just cheering. Huge, so. big cheer. Huge yeah, that'll be great from today. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Tony is after doing a fantastic job here today. Tony Fitzgerald. Yeah, Tony, Tony, he's there with you, is he? Yeah, I'll put him on yeah, the screen. Yeah, that'd be great. Two that'd seconds there, now I get him there now for you. Fantastic. They're all oh, setting up at St. Vincent's you, Community Centre. Oh, Talk to you later. Tony, oh, they're singing. Yeah, Parker. Tony, there's Hello. PJ here. They're, they're, they're singing at this hour of the morning. They are indeed. They're singing here at the Nottingham Youth Cafe. Uh, the husband are here. It's packed with local residents, all friends of the Sullivan. Um, uh, it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. Um, we're so proud. Looking forward to a great game. But look, no matter what happens in this tournament, she has given, uh, Denise and the whole team has given us so much pride. Mm. And uh, we're looking forward to a great tournament. Every time her face comes on the screen, there's a big cheer. You know her, Tony, since she was a little girl. And you saw her. I mean, you're a sports fanatic yourself. You saw yeah. talent there. Yeah, well, we, you know, the youth centre here in Octahini is open to all the young people of the area. And since we opened, uh, like, kids have come in and they've got involved in different uh, activities, you know, uh, sports and arts and crafts and talent shows and all of that. So Denise has been one of those children who have come through. I'm looking at pictures of her here when she was four, five, and six. Uh, an interesting story, PJ, is that when we were organising the soccer tournament uh, in honour of the late uh, guard John Kearns, uh, one of the youth workers came in to me and said, we've got a problem. I said, what's the problem? I, she said, well, it's all boys have registered for the tournament. I said, all right, well, we've got one girl. I said, well, you know, if she wants to play, go up to her mum and dad and if there's no problem. That little girl was Denise O'Sullivan. Gotcha. What age was she then? Yeah, so that was just, you know, and she, she's here with, she's on the photographs there with her cups and medals and that. Um, I went to Edinburgh for the playoff against Scotland um, to see her. She was just amazing in the centre of the field. Uh, we were all so worried when she got a, an injury. But, you know, hopefully that's beyond her now and uh, it's time to enjoy and relax uh, the skills and talents of all the representatives from Cork and from Ireland, you know. She's named in the team anyway and she starts this morning and the excitement... You can, you can yeah. taste the excitement. You can absolutely taste the excitement. All right, Tony. Put me back on to Tammy there for a second. Yeah, and uh, for the next game, PJ, you'll have to come up for your lunch. It's at 12 <laughs> o'clock, so you've just finished. I, I'll, so you'll be, have to... I'll be on holidays, so I'll be in a little pub somewhere. <laughs> it's all about it. There's Tammy, OK. Yeah. PJ. All right, Tam. So what's on the Hello. agenda for the morning? Everything will, everything will go completely mad when, when our own Avian comes on, I suspect. Oh, yeah. So definitely now, everywhere now is up Gangston hair to the one road. That's what they're saying at the moment. So when the Ron Levine comes on, we're all going to be mental. Absolutely. All right, listen. Have a great morning and we might catch up again during the match. We'll be here till half time anyway and then Simon will be here to catch the second half. We've got it on on the screen in the studio, which is which is great. Nessie wants to play this. Could we make a case for playing the whole song at some stage? Could we? And then from over the road, from the centre there, 
from the cabin studios. This came this morning. From the local pitches to the biggest stadiums. On the field, I bring that skill. Watch how this lady runs. You shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. And not Nahini, the birthplace of a legend. Denise O'Sullivan, that's the name. Now don't forget it. Standing tall and green. We got dreams, we can work wonders Straight out of Cork, the banks of the lead to the USA Two down under Got Captain Katie McCabe Courtney Brosnan saving the day Vera Poushy got a squad Now that will not be easy to break We shout Come on you guys in green Come on you guys in green We shout Do it for the guys out playing in the streets and parks in green Make that roar It's a kind of fitting for the day and the occasion that is in it. There's a, about three minutes of it there, but that's just a minute. Produced by the Cabin Studios in support of the Irish team. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, and just past Billy Cahalan's service station. This is on the way in, isn't it? Single lane traffic. Enter Bandon from the Inishannon side. Very busy. With a stop, go one lane, best avoided for the next couple of hours. I always loved that, you know, best avoided. You're sitting in it, going, what's going on here? Well, that's Billy's. Is that the service station? They have a little restaurant stroke cafe there on your way into Bandon. They're down to one lane there, stop, go system. Going to be busy for the next few hours, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we've, we're going to talk about cash uh, in the next hour, in between finding out what's happening uh, in the match. And Aaron put this up on Facebook in the last couple of days, and, and I want you to to think about it, and we'll speak with him between 11 and midday today. Uh, how many times have we had the cash versus card discussion on the programme, and how many times have, have we seen new shops open and card only? And people are not happy about that, and, and phone shops in particular seem to have all gone card only. We had a restaurant went card only quite controversially. Some pubs at night now card only. Possibly the law might be changed soon. Michael McGrath was talking about this a week or so ago. The, the law might be changed to, the, to protect cash in the system because if you listen to the government or listen at least to Michael McGrath, the Minister of Finance, he doesn't want us to go to a fully cashless society. But Aaron posted this and it's it's worthy of thought. Why should we pay cash with banknotes? Use banknotes instead of a card. He says, I have a 50 euro note in my pocket. I go to a restaurant and I pay for dinner. The restaurant owner then uses that note to pay for his laundry. The laundry owner, he then uses the note to pay the barber. The barber will then use that note to do some shopping. After an unlimited number of payments, it will remain a 50 euro note worth 50 euro. It has fulfilled its purpose for everybody who uses it. But if I go to a restaurant and I pay digitally with my card, the bank fees for my payment transaction are around 3%. So 150. So there's a fee then of 150 for every transaction beyond that. For the laundry, 
for the barbershop, for everybody else, after 30 transactions, the initial 50 quid will be worth only about a fiver. The remaining, it has raised 45 euro in charges for the bank. Think of all the digital transactions and fees that you're mounting up when you move to being completely cashless. Use it or lose it, folks. And Aaron reckons once it's gone, we won't get it back. Um, and we'll talk about that in the next hour. More and more places going cashless. I'm off on my holidays at the weekend and I'm bringing my cards, obviously, and I'll use my phone to pay. I'm also bringing cash with me. I, I like the choice. I like the, the dual fuel, as it were, as, as they call it. I like the dual fuel. I like going out and having a few quid in my pocket. Actual, proper cash money. I don't think you can beat it. Um, cashless and tapping and all that is very convenient. But there's nothing better than having a bit of cash in your pocket. We were talking about um, Ballincollig and the fire down there and the place being evacuated in Classes Lake and someone being rescued from it and hopefully they're okay. PJ, shame on Micheál Martin for letting part of his city be without a full-time fire service. People should remember that when Colm Kelleher and others come looking for votes at the next election. And uh, Michael says... Uh, another example, this is, of the pencil-pushing civil servant making decisions based on civil service bureaucracy. Um, as Kieran said to us earlier, what they did to try to make up the, the difference was they said, OK, we will open Ballincollig Fire Station between 9 and 6. We'll take people out of Anglesey Street, so we'll cut the numbers in Anglesey Street, move them to Ballincollig, for the course of the day. Make matters worse then, there isn't even a canteen out there. So the, in order to have their break or their lunch, um, they've got to go back into town. Like, did you ever hear anything so stupid in your entire life? But then, with the serious situation last night of a fire in Classes Lake, hopefully everybody's okay. On the cashless system already they're coming in, and we'll talk to Aaron in the next hour, we should have cash, but it should be based on the value of our natural resources rather than tying it to the dollar or to gold or the ECB or anything else. We have enough of them, and it's an honest and stable way of valuing currency. Are you suggesting, Mick, that we invent our own currency? Which, that's a, that's a other take on it, I guess. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 it's time to vote in the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Go to 96FM.ie, check out the shortlist for all the categories, and vote for your favourites. And vote for your favourites. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. 
Instagram. Yeah, four minutes gone uh, in Sydney. Still no scores to report of any kind if we get them. We'll certainly let you know. I think a lot of people were a bit put out by the national anthems on television. It looked out of sync. The problem with that is there's a there's a digital delay between us hearing the sound on the television and them hearing the sound in the stadium. So it always looks as if they're out of sync. I've seen it with so many games, games I've been at, where you realise why that's the story. It didn't look great, but at the same time, they sang they sang their lungs out. Uh, maybe out of sync, but that's, that's what it looked like on television. But they're just lining up here. I'll keep an eye to it. I'll keep an eye to it. If, if there's anything to happen, I will certainly let you know. 0818 96 96 96. So let us go back to Aaron's post about cash. And I want to have a discussion with you about it because this is, this is interesting. The, the cash versus card versus digital versus phones versus watches. You can even pay with your watch now. And that discussion. Aaron wants to take it to a a certain level with us today. And your Facebook post, Aaron, once again, why should we, why we should pay cash instead of card? I have a 50 euro note in my pocket. I go to a restaurant and I pay for dinner with it. The restaurant owner then uses the note to pay for the laundry. The laundry owner uses the note to pay the barber. The barber uses the note to pay for shopping. Now, after no many number of payments, it's still a 50 euro note worth 50 euro. It has fulfilled its purpose for anyone who had it and was able to use it. But if I pay digitally via a card, there are bank fees on my transaction around 150. Then there'll be 150 every time it's used after that for the laundry, the barber, etc. After about 30 transactions, the initial 50 is down to about a fiver. And the bank has made 45 quid on the back of all those transactions and fees. Use it or lose it, folks, because once it's gone, we won't get it back. And cash is king. Aaron, good morning. An interesting post. I think cash is extremely important, PJ. Um, Indeed, good morning and thanks for having me on. Um, As as you say, the post uh, is something I, I, I threw together. Um, from from seeing a couple of people's posts on, on Facebook, of course, which led to our, our discussion this morning. But you're asking the importance of, of cash, in my belief, for people. Um, the, the accessibility. Um, people mention electricity. We've, we've seen shops going down these days, the, the not having access to card-reading machines, mm. people forgetting a phone or a card, not being able to make a purchase in a shop. Uh, I'm sure we're all used to receiving and adding maybe a 20 or a 50 when we have it into a birthday card or going to weddings and putting cash in cards. I, I think cash is a vital part to play in, in, in society and daily life still to this day, PJ. And I, I think many people still believe the same, you know. The Minister for Finance was questioned a couple of weeks ago by our own reporter, actually, Katie, about this. And, and he seems to be of a mind to legislate if necessary. In, in Italy, they did it, where you have to now legally take cash for purchases under a certain level, say 50 euro. Is that right. something you'd like to see? No, I, I don't think so, PJ. Um, I think the value of cash in 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 all in in all value is 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 crucial, really. You know, all denominations. If you want to walk in and buy a car with cash, you should be able to. I think is what you're saying. 
You, you should be able to. I do understand the bank maybe asking a question if somebody was coming in, as you're well aware these days. I think some of the questions are a bit ridiculous for amounts of money being asked and for foreign currency being mm. requested. As we're well aware, things are changing in society and the data that's requested when when we make these transactions. But uh, in the example you use, Pedro, when someone's requesting maybe a payment of 40,000, 50,000 euros and walking in asking this, yeah, bank ask a question, where's this going maybe? I, I certainly believe people should be entitled to spend their money as they wish and I don't think people should be asking them questions, but okay, if the bank want to know where 50, 100,000, 200,000 is going in cash, yes. But anyone else, that's one of my reasons as well, PJ, actually, now that we're, we're entering this part of the discussion. That's one of my reasons. People should be able to spend their money as they wish. Hmm. I do believe with regards to the banking system, with the way it's going or maybe planned to go or the way they'd like to see it go, every payment is being monitored either, is in, in, in these days. Every payment. Everyone knows how this money is being spent. This is brilliant for marketing and sales teams in, hmm. around the world. The data that's being collected on people. Um, I just think it's, is it getting a little bit much, PJ, is it? There, there's the thing, Aaron. I have uh, said here previously that going into the little coffee shop next door and getting a coffee and a chocolate muffin and, and using my card or my phone to pay for it. I see the convenience, but it feels a little bit silly. But by the same token, I don't think there's anybody sitting at a monitor going, oh, look, Coogan's buying a muffin and a coffee. I don't think there's anybody doing, doing that. I fully agree with you. I don't think there is anybody sitting there doing that. As we're well aware, there's computer algorithms and systems well in place there now that are able to, is able to do that. But I totally agree. There is nobody sitting there monitoring um, Aaron Joyce or PJ Coogan's expenses. But I'm sure it's tracked in some way, shape or form. And ever increasingly so in the last few years, how we are all spending our money, how we are all, even on Facebook, PJ, a common one for us all, we could have a discussion about a topic that could appear on Facebook 15, 20 minutes later as an advertisement, or i.e. we could post about something and then see something in relation to what we posted in a, yeah. a, a matter of short time later. Well, we've all um, had the experience I, I, of talking in the kitchen while Alexa is sitting in the corner. We're talking about something, and then you open your Facebook page an hour later, and there's an ad for what you were talking about. You're wondering, where did they know they knew because they're listening? That is going on. Absolutely, Pidge, you're spot on and a great reference that everyone can relate to there that you used, you know. Everyone can relate to opening their phone or their laptop in, in front of um, uh, an Alexa or a phone having prior conversation in relation to something. That's everyone, everyone can see that. And I do believe in reference to that, using similar context, that is going on in the financial and banking system too. Of course it is. And the data that has been collected on us. But I, I think, I think... The the post in referencing the post just just uh, once uh, again there PJ yeah. the the seller what the seller and the and the customer the purchaser is losing here is incredible to the bank the the point with regards to your fifteen euro note is if you take it out of your pocket tonight to pay for dinner and the restaurateur uses it to do ten more things it's still worth fifty quid whereas if you tap Correct. Or insert your card for 50 quid, charge after charge after charge after charge, the 50 quid isn't 50 quid anymore. It's in the bank's Correct. pocket rather than the restaurateur's pocket. Correct. And uh, just with regards to the contact list at the moment, there is no charge. And I'm going to use the word yet. There is no charge yet. Can you imagine? I've worked behind bars and in hospitality for, for periods of my life, uh, PJ, and quite enjoyed doing so. 
and I have seen and witnessed uh, the change in that in, in the last couple of years and you can imagine even yourself PJ going out with a couple of friends and, 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 and paying for dinner and buying a few pints for them uh, on an occasion you could end up tapping that phone about 20 to 30 times mm-hmm. for going out for maybe a 3 to 4 hour period buying anything ice creams drinks yeah, yeah, lunch yeah, you get me yeah, yeah? yeah. And, and, and believe me I did say that word and I reiterate Yes. Can you imagine so? When it becomes the case, PJ, can you imagine so? The seller is losing 3% and upwards, depending on uh, the transaction and uh, the, sorry, the amount of the transaction. Mm. And uh, can you imagine, and I repeat the word, yes, when the bank do bring in that, and they will, that means the customer and the seller is losing money. So that money in reference to, to, to in the post will increase the loss on the 50 euro value will increase. I do seem to remember during COVID there was a discussion when everyone was paying contactlessly. There was a discussion about what became known as a tap tax of even one or two cents per tap. And I think at the time, if I'm correct, that the government of the day, the Minister for Finance of the day said no, he wouldn't license anybody to do that. And that didn't happen. But do you believe it could Mm -hmm. happen? I believe it could happen, and I like that there now, right? The Minister for Finance mightn't do it in, in, with, with tax, okay? But the bank, the bank, I do believe that the bank will, will in some way, shape or form into the future. But well, I think what he meant at the time was, Aaron, I think what he meant at the time was that he wouldn't, banks have to do everything within the terms of their licences. And it wouldn't, yeah, and it aware, wouldn't yeah. be tolerated that you do it that way. I, 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 can see, um, I, I can see a change in that, PJ. There's no doubt about that. And um, I, I, if, if we are increasingly going down the road that we are going on, and I am heavily worried for cash, as I'm sure some of your listeners are, um, it, it is concerning the vast and amount of changes that we see in society. And we won't go there, but since maybe 2019, for various different reasons and occurrences since around that time, society and the economy has changed quite a lot and I just feel as though it, it, it's very worrying the rapid pace that we are changing at not only within society but certainly as we target in this conversation today maybe our finances and money I do see the day when the bank will bring in charges for contactless of course they will to make money money this is what it's all about and I do see that and of course in reference just once again to the post our reason for our conversation where is that money going what is that money being used for? Hmm. You, you don't like the idea of a fully digital society? I, I certainly don't. I, 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 I really don't. No, it takes quite a lot away, PJ. I'm sure you've done so be, before, certainly being in the profession you're in, passing a musician on the street that you say, God, I like the sound of that. Yeah. You might stop for a minute or so and you might throw him a tour to your kind. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've done that. There may come a day that that mightn't be able to be possible. There may come a day when we can't help our homeless. There may come a day when we mightn't be able to make charitable contributions. There's local soccer clubs, GAA clubs and organisations that make constant collections on, on a daily, if not weekly basis throughout our uh, communities. Are you serious, PJ? Are we really going to go here to this level of society where what we're used to and what we have built as part of community and society that we're going to see this diminish? We can't have this, PJ. We really can't. Aaron, an interesting conversation. Thank you for starting it. No problem, PJ. Take care. Good man. Uh, that You know, he makes... He does... You have to give the man credit. He makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, doesn't he, Linda? Morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Enjoying the show. Um, yeah, you know, it was actually um, it's people should listen in depth 
to what he has to say because before, you know, people were talking about the COVID and when we got the injection, we were being tracked, okay? Mm. Um, when you look at it now, we're being tracked through our visa cards. Um, like, I got a call one day from the bank. Um, basically, the girl that actually rang me was to my account. And she was able to tell me where where I have been shopping, what shops I was in, what locations I have been in, and things like that. Mm. So, like, it was none of the girl's business. And I said to the girl, it's none of your business, you know. Linda, just you know, what, what did she call you, if you don't mind asking, what did she call you about? Um, it was just, it, it, you know what, it was one of these senseless calls about nothing. And so it was, it, was a cold, it was a cold call? It was just, a, yeah, a silly call. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't about a problem with your account or... Oh, no, no, it was just one of these, you know, silly calls. The bank will ring you for surveys oh. and these silly, oh, silly really? kind of things. And, like, I was laughing, I was saying, like, it's none of your business, you know, where I shop or what location I've been in. Mm. But I think, like, this is a form of tracking of the people. Now, before we all had savings accounts. Now, you can't have a savings account in the bank. It's all visa accounts. And if, you know, if, like, as this guy said, like, we won't be able to give it a tip at, at the restaurant. We won't be able to give the um, busker on the street, the homeless. Mm. We're going to wipe out so well, no, many well, well, things. Well, while there's a lot of what Aaron has said, and, and I listen very carefully to where he's going, there's nothing to stop you always having a few quid in your wallet. Oh, I, exactly, al- I always exactly. have. I always have. And, and it's always great, you know, for paying bills and things like that. Would you pay your energy bill, for example, or would you pay, would you pay a bill with, 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 with cash? I have been doing it online. Yeah. But I've, since that phone call, I have been doing everything now by cash. Right. Everything is it, now is, is by it cash. difficult, for example, to pay, and I'm just going to pick off the top of my head, a gas bill? Like, is it well, hard to pay a gas bill with cash? Well, look, you can just walk into your local post office and you have your, your I bill. I see. And, you know, you have your, your ESC or your electricity bill, you have your gas bill. And you can do it that way. I you know, see. rather than doing visa all the time. Um, because at the end of the day, I don't want to lose cash. Um, like, it's nice to be able to go into a restaurant and have cash in your pocket. And if there's a young girl, that's it. You know, maybe a student, and you can leave something on the table for the girls. Well, you, you know, know there, there's the thing, isn't it? When you go out for a, a bite to eat now, and and I always notice this. We're going out for a bite to eat myself and Queen Bee, and some one of us will stay going up the stairs into the restaurant or going in across the road. Have we cash for a tip? Because I don't, yeah. I'm, and they've changed all. They can change all the legislation with regards to tips until the cows come home and milk themselves. I don't care. I, if someone serves my table and does a good job and is pleasant about it, they're getting a cash tip from me and no one will stop me giving it to them. Exactly. And it's going into that person's pocket, not somebody else's. Yeah. You know, and like great having tip jars inside in a restaurant. But I don't believe in them. I don't believe people, in them. I don't either. No, because I don't think the right people are getting them um, at the end of the day. But... No, I think we have to stick with cash and everybody has to stick together on cash. Well, the, the cho- I, th- I think, Linda, the choice, that, I mean, that's where, I, that's where I'd be. There are some people, I know one or two people who simply will not, simply will not go somewhere. They can't spend cash. I know one particular chap I know is trying to change his phone with the last couple of months and, and he's struggling because nowhere 
nowhere will deal with him in cash for a exactly. phone. Um, exactly. Which, which I, I think we shop in the wrong. same in the same situation. And like I went in with cash and they said, sorry, no, we only take card. I said, okay, so I'll buy my phone somewhere else. Yeah. You know? So I just walked out. And I think if we do that, cash will have to come back into those shops. What about and a hairdresser's or, or a nail bar or whatever you'd use? Would you pay cash? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's all cash. You don't use a card, time. no? Um, I would, I, depending, depending. I still use the card, don't get me wrong. Mm. It is handy for certain things, maybe if you're away or whatever. It is handy. But I think we still need to use cash. It's the same in when we go into a supermarket and you have these, you know, self-service pills. Yeah. I refuse to use them for Do the simple you? reason is, yeah, if I use one of those, that's taking a job away from somebody. So I that, will actually... That, that, that's a whole different discussion, actually. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're everywhere okay, now. They're everywhere yeah. now. I, there's a Tesco I pop into on Douglas Road there of a morning, coming in, get a bottle of water and a bit of fruit. And they're entire till... I, I think there's one manual till left in the whole shop. Yeah, but, you know, it's the fact of keeping people in work. Yeah. By using, the, you know, the till well, with the person on Of course, someone has to it. maintain those machines, and if you've ever used them, they go wrong more than they go flipping right. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, it takes one person to man maybe six till, or six of these machines, whereas it'll take six people yeah. to, for a yeah. till, you know, to go through with your shopping. Yeah. Tesco actually and have, Fergal is telling me here, Tesco actually have a requirement for a certain amount of tills to be manned, except when the shop is opening and closing and granted when I'd be heading in there would be at seven bells when it is just open so maybe yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing the right the right yeah. the right picture but like I mean you should go into Paul Street on any given day and the queues are miles long mm. for you know there's people running in for their lunch alone mm. it's crazy it's absolutely crazy I'm not going to ask you I'm not going to ask your age Linda I'd be rude to do that but, but I mean I, I would think I look at my daughter and her friends and they're in their they're in their 20s and I don't know the last time that my daughter would have paid for anything in cash. They're, they're digital natives. In fact, she doesn't even take a wallet half the time. She takes her phone. Some well, people are using funny, their Fitbit now. Well, a funny thing now is you say that. I've been the same age group as yourself. I have a son, he's 16, and he's, he would be, he'd be, he's cash. He's actually, he, he makes sure he has cash. Mm. Um, and he uses cash when he's out. Um, stopped buying online. Yeah, and it's all cash now. He uses funny office choice. What's his thing? Nothing. Uh, you know, he hasn't said anything, but it wasn't any influence by me that he uses cash. It was just he uses cash, his own choice of cash. Because I actually it's only since I started talking to you here, I realised it's all cash that he actually uses. Interesting. You know, interesting. Um, and he's sixteen. He's 16, he's, he's well, going on 17. Very much a digital native, absolutely. Linda, good to, good to talk to you. Thank you for that. A couple of, broaden that conversation out a bit. Uh, Linda insists on carrying cash, pays with cash as often as she can. She has a card, she'll use a card, but she would prefer to pay with cash. She believes firmly that we're being tracked by our expenditure, where we spend it, what we spend it on. Uh, Tesco Mobile will take cash. Uh, tell PJ that for his friend who is trying to get a phone. Thanks, Maeve. Christy, in the USA, if you spend 600 euro or more, $600 or more on a purchase, 
it's reported to the government. Is that in cash, you mean, Christy? If I walk into a place and say if I wanted to buy a TV and the TV was $600 and I went in and I bought the TV with cash, that'd be reported. Crikey. The person who couldn't get the phone take a case against the company. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit too much of a trek, Mick, but I see your point. Every time that someone uses a card, they're building up demand. And that'll mean someone will either lose their job or there are other people that can't understand or manage it. 0818969696. 25 minutes gone in Sydney, or just up, coming up to 25 minutes gone. Still scoreless between Australia and Ireland. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Weekdays when you wake up. On Cox 96 FM. It was my first day, yeah. and I met the boss, didn't really meet anybody else. I had to go to the toilet, and uh, I got myself lost in the toilet. What did you do? Did you call for help? Uh, knocking like crazy. Help, help, help. Anybody there can help me. Ten minutes later, a woman goes, hello, and she found people. So how many of them are outside the door now at, at this I think stage? about four. It's a good icebreaker, isn't it? It's like oh, number one or number two. <laughs> Did that ingratiate you into the office then? Toilet man. Toilet man. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst superhero name ever. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at no DC cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Cars 96 FM. 28 minutes gone, still no score in uh, Down Under. Kevin on cash. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Your Um, thoughts, sir? Right, now, let's just say, I think that every one of us at some point in our lives have um, partaken in what is known as in court a foxer, right? Let's say your car uh, breaks down or something wrong with it. Yeah. And yeah, you have the choice of um, putting it into a garage or a, a main dealer and facing exorbitant labour costs, of which not all of it, I might add, will go to the actual mechanic working on your car, right? Pretty sure, Um, yeah. Now, you know a mechanic down the road, and he explained what's wrong with it. He said, I know what that is, I can do that. Yeah. Maybe tell you to go to a a motor factor and what part to buy. Yeah. And you come back with a part. He'll sort it out for you. He'll sort you out. You give them cash into the hand, job done. I mean, it's not only cars, but I'm sure lots of people have had that. Oh, somebody in to maybe paint the house. Oh, or yeah. We've, all done, the We've all done it, yeah. yeah. We've yeah. all done it. Yeah. Well, if there's no cash, that's eliminated. You won't get boxers anymore. And I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's... I, I don't I, think, though, Kevin, there's anyone talking about doing away with cash. No, well, I don't know. That's, that's like and else, I think, PJ. It's kind of... These things creep in. Yeah. You know, um, 
this is what you call the thin end, the thin end, I think, the thin the end of the wedge just now, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I for, I for one, Kevin, and I would never go anywhere with that. Yes, I carry my cards, and yes, I can pay with my phone, but I always always have some cash in my pocket because I just like to spend it now and again. Kevin, good point though. If we go cashless as a society, that's the end of the foxer. That's the end of the nixer. That's the end of the guy. And don't be going on at me now about black economies, alright? It's just a reality. People do foxers and people do nixers. That's the end of the guy coming to your house on Saturday morning to fix the toilet bowl because it's stuck and blocked and he said to you, how much, are you said to him, how much will, will, will that cost me? And era, cash, 100 quid. If he has to put it through the books, it could be 180. We've all done it. Don't be virtuating at me now, saying you'd never do it. We've all flipping done it. If cash is gone, that's gone. Although, and we've a guy calls to us, calls to our house, uh, to Peter, if he to clean the windows. And under no circumstances will he accept cash. Or anything but cash. Anything but cash. When he's cleaning the windows. I don't care. I don't care. I just know when he's coming. I have some cash in the house room. I don't think anyone wants to do away with cash. I certainly would hate to see a cashless world. A good way to stop the businesses that are card only, says Frank, is to boycott that business. It won't be long before they have a rethink and accept the cash, says Frank in Nocknahini. Well, I think as uh, Casey was talking to Michael McGrath a couple of weeks ago, uh, he's of a mind, Frank, to, if necessary, to legislate that we would have to accept cash, that the businesses would have to accept cash up to a certain level of payment. And that could only be a good thing. 0818 96 96 96. Now, do you have address? any other item of clothing in good condition you've only worn it once or you've never worn it it's a maybe a wedding dress that you might have worn once or a bridesmaid's dress you'd have worn it once or a deb's dress you've worn it once never going to wear it again the wardrobe wearing it costs you a few quid you don't know what to do with it you'd like to sell it but you don't know where to start that's where a new business called another day out might come in this is uh, Grace's idea, uh, and she joins me to, to tell me about it. Grace, tell me a bit about Another Day Out. Morning. Morning, PJ, and thanks for having me on. Um, I can tell you there's hundreds of them in my wardrobe alone, so <laughs> I don't know what's around the Cork and the rest of the country. So anotherdayout.ie is a new website for buying and selling occasion wear, ranging from ball gowns, occasion dresses, race day outfits, mother of the bride, Deb's wear, bridesmaid and wedding dresses. So typically one-off wears. The kind of thing you spend a few quid on, you have a lovely day out wearing it, then it goes in and the wardrobe wears it for the rest of its natural life. Yes, and it can be hard to part with it after that. So it's all about finding it a new home. So how do you operate? How does it work? It works as a pay and display platforms. So you upload your item, you pay a one-off fee. So there's no extra hidden charges or anything like that. The fees start as little as three euro and it's relative to the price of your dress that you're uploading or selling. Right. Um, The buyer and seller communicate 
through the site, you send a person a message and they arrange payment and delivery between themselves. That's how it works. Oh, so you're providing the vehicle. You're not actually operating the sale. Correct. So the dress, you take a picture of the dress, you upload the picture, you pay a fee, you, you decide what you, how much you want, be it 100 euro, 200 euro, 500 euro, you charge the fee based on that to place an ad. Yeah, your item will stay up on the site until it's sold. I see. And the transaction of money is between the other parties. It's, it's got nothing to do with the website. Correct, yeah. So it can be, in the case of a wedding dress, you may meet up with a person to try it on. So in that case, it would be a cash transaction. A lot of people are using Revolut um, so or face-to-face. You can just meet up and look at the dress. And again, it could be a cash transaction for a Deb's dress, a mother of the bride, groom dress. Right. So yeah, that's done between the buyer and the seller. You've had a big reaction to it so far. I've had a great reaction. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out. It's only live sort of since um, February, March. So... I've had a huge positive reaction um, and I'm glad that you had a positive reaction inside with your team. Yeah, talking to people around it here, they think that's a fabulous idea. Emer alone is saying, God, I have a wardrobe full of dresses I need to get rid of. COVID, in a way, provided you with a market because so much stuff got cancelled. Yes. So, and a very good example of this is the Debs wear. So a huge amount of Debs were cancelled and I have had girls come crying to me that they didn't get to wear their Debs dress they have paid 500 euros for it. The tags are still on it and they want to sell it. Um, and wedding dresses was another one. You know, some people had a wedding dress and by two years later, they they may not have it may not have suited them or for whatever reason, they just felt they wanted to change two years later and they ended up buying two wedding dresses. Mm. So um, there, there's an extra one in the wardrobe, an extra one with tags. So there's do- loads of different things that went on with COVID and different reasons that dresses are hanging up in wardrobes unused. We're doing some of the statistics. At 35,000 weddings a year in Ireland, that alone is 35,000 wedding dresses that are potentially sales for the site because you're not going to go wearing it again, you think. Yeah, at a very minimum. So you're talking 35,000 wedding dresses, 70,000 mother of the bride groom and over 100,000 plus bridesmaids dresses. So there's a huge market for this. And then that's even before you go into your Galway races, Hmm. the charity balls, your GA balls. There's so many events. We're a social country and there's just so many events um, and so many dresses out there. Yeah, there's and a thing. that's before you go into the, the hats and the handbags. Oh, you do hats and handbags as well? We do, yeah. The full outfit. And shoes, maybe? Shoes as well. Head to toe. Do they have to be new with tags on? I know she said that a couple of times. Or just pre-loved and in good nick? Pre-loved and in good nick. But what has come back to me now is from COVID that people just have a couple of dresses with tags on them. So that's absolutely no problem. It started as pre-loved, but obviously I've adapted to if you want, if you just want to find your dress a new home, then this is the site for you. Could you see it getting busy maybe in time for the Christmas market with, with Christmas parties and office nights out? Oh, yeah. It's all year round, um, you know, even though it's wedding dresses and bridesmaids and it might come across as wedding focused. It's not. It's the Christmas parties. It's, again, the charity balls. There's so many one-off wears. Mm. It's not just weddings. 
Because it was a thing that people sometimes rented their dresses. Yeah, but and there's still a huge market for that and the rental market is there and there's ladies around the country offering that service and it's growing the whole time. But this is just another option yeah. to shop sustainably. So if you want to rent, that's great. But if you want to buy and sell, then this platform is for you. I could see a situation arising whereby somebody buys a dress through another day out, wears it for the occasion they bought it for, and then they're going back and they're selling it again through another day out. You could see frequent flyers going through your system. Absolutely, yeah. So, And you're spot on. It is that buy, sell, repeat, and you're extending the lifespan of the dress. Mm. So that dress now goes from one wear to potentially three, four wears. The the transport of dress from Mary to Joan, shoes, that's that's a matter for themselves. The purchase deal is a matter for themselves. You're just providing a vehicle. Yeah. And people are already doing this with other products. They're, you know, they're doing it with tables and chairs. So there's no reason that that you can't do it with a full outfit. I mean, a mother of the bride or groom outfit, they're paying up to a thousand euro. So to to go and meet someone isn't a big thing to do that transaction. Sure. You have a website, anotherdayout.ie, which I must say explains everything very well. I wish you luck with it, Grace. It's It's a unique idea. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. No problem. Pleasure. I'm sure there'll be people queuing up to try that out. Another day out. Dot ie. They've been raiding the wardrobes this afternoon. They're just coming up to 40 minutes played in the first half in Sydney. Still scoreless between Australia and Ireland. Katie McCabe playing with strapping on her hand now after a heavy tumble out of a tackle, but she's okay. She was sitting down looking rather sorry for herself for a couple of minutes, but she's okay. She's got strapping on her hand now. And and she's playing on with about uh, four, five minutes left. For just five minutes left, plus added time in the first half. 0818969696. I mentioned earlier, and I want to do another little bit of audio, a man from the world of radio and music and entertainment and sound and dance music that we lost yesterday. At way too young age, young an age, only in his early to mid fifties, I speak of Colin Edwards, very popular chap around town, old pal of mine, old pal of Fergals, old pal of Damien's in the newsroom. We'd all have known him. Everybody in this business would have known him. Pete and the crew out in Clonshaw, uh, Spread Nave, they are Steve on They would have known him, you know, and the, the course out there, they'd have known Colin really, really well. And he was full of love and fun and joy and full of the crack. Um, and he passed away yesterday. One of his great passions was his radio show, which was called Funk It Up on one of the digital platforms, one of RT's digital platforms. He did it for a few years. One of his, it was one of his joys in life was Funk It Up. And he did all the jingles and all of the backing tracks and all of the voiceovers himself. It was a completely self-produced hour. And this was how he used to introduce it. Sexy, soulful, uplifting house music. This is Funkin' Up with Colin Edwards. Powered by voicedrops.com. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Right, guys, what is the story? How are you doing? Welcome to Funk It Up, your one-hour weekly fix of uplifting, soulful 
beautiful house music. And have we got a show for you today. And this week, we are going to take you on an uplifting, soulful journey. We're going to be bringing you to church, but also we're going to bring you to heaven for the next 60 minutes. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, old friend. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Right, towards the end of the first half. Now, don't see what the fourth official has added on yet for time. Uh, there's a penalty check going on here now. Uh, we'll just check in the second keyboard. But Katie, you have your ticket since when? You hang on your hold on, hold on to me on the right. There you go. You have your you have your ticks. I do, I have them since last Thursday. So I was lucky enough to be part of the Midnight album pre-sale. They went on sale at eleven o'clock, are they gone? So the first night only is all that's been on sale and that's sold out. So mm. people who are still in the queue, because you won't find out till you get through. They're sold out. They're gone. Um, there Roma, was... This was you, you tried to explain this to me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm a bit old and a bit thick. Like, this isn't just like queuing up for tickets no. like we used to do it. No, no, no. So this is, you had to register for the general sale. They told you then if you could actually try and get a ticket. So those who got that code today, they've gone in, they've gone into the waiting room. Now they're in the queue. And then when you get past the queue, they say, enter your code. Mm. So you can still sit through all that thinking, oh, I've got away with it, I've got no code. You will need that code at the end. Um, but there's another chance. There's two more chances today for people. They can go one o'clock and three o'clock. And does the same code take you through all three? Yeah, so if you didn't manage to get them on that code, that's fine. You can go again. You can get four tickets. Like So hypothetically, you could get one ticket each night if there was four nights. Right. So I you're think, entitled to four tickets. But like you might need to, you might want to go on the first night. You might yeah. have booked a hotel for the first night. It can get dumped into the second night ticket wise. So you don't get dumped in if like what's gonna happen now is so people when they're gonna find out they're sold out, they just have to log off and log back in there in about an hour. But one thing I'm seeing on Twitter that people are getting like worked up about is the waiting room. So they keep clicking refresh. Stop clicking refresh. Why? Just click it once. Right. Leave it do its thing. It will not come up straight away. Like how many thousands are on it? Right. Um, leave it do its thing. You'll get into it and it'll work that way. Don't touch a thing once you click it once. Right. She, she who's safe and sound at her own ticket. Oh, that's Taylor. You sound. got a good one. I did. I got the uh, the front standing pit. The so, pit. Yeah. Uh, quite uh, quite happy. How much that cost you? <laughs> <laughs> Will you be working overtime, Kate? Oh, so much overtime. <laughs> the VIP tickets are still left, though, if you have 700 to spare. What? The, for 700, I'd expect to meet her and have lunch with her. Like. You get a lovely tote bag, some stickers. Okay. Stickers. Mm-hmm. 700 quid for stickers. They're special stickers. They are. They're Tate stickers. Look, there's all the hype and it's all the buzz and it's all the rage. Did you get a hotel? So, actually, we did. So, last. Will you need a mortgage? I won't. We got it for about the same price as the ticket, around 200. That's all right. So yeah, we I went on it last Thursday after getting said, just we'll just see, mm. and it, it it just popped up. I'd say a cancellation or something that I had caught on time. You're like a small child on Christmas Eve, <laughs> and it's a year away. Oh, three hundred and forty-four days. See, all right, <laughs> Casey. Listen, thanks. That's how it's working. Uh, first night completely gone. Two more nights to go. I suppose we'll play one like this. Actually. I I like that, actually. What would Colin say? Go on, Sheba! <laughs> he would, he would, he would. All right, we are literally seconds. I think the 
but the halftime whistle is about to sound. It has about to sound in Sydney. Scoreless at halftime. Eileen Ring, that's been a good first half. We held them. Hello again. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant first half, um, and I think halftime is coming a good a good time for us there because we're, we're really struggling to hold on to possession. So I think they can go in, just sit down, get their breath, and, and we go again in the second half. But no look textbook stuff, exactly what we expect to see from this Irish side. And we've created a couple of chances. It's just about that little bit of maybe be clinical in that final third a bit more, but no outstanding stuff so far, to be fair to them. They're, they're as, as predicted, leaving it all out on the pitch. Just watching it here when I was talking to Katie and listening to the song, they were coming under a lot of pressure at the end of the game there and it was one super super catch from 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 the keeper super save there yeah she's been brilliant Courtney's really come into into herself this throughout this qualifying campaign and like she's bounced back from a lot of disappointments and she she's she's so 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 important and you said for a keeper to be able to come off her line like that and just take the pressure off when there's a lot of pressure on them yes it's, it's, it's massive there was a couple of corners with close shaves as well yeah yeah, <laughs> they're racking it up. For if we could, if we head. could hold on to this and get and get the the the, the scoreless draw out of it, to be a fantastic start. Someone, there was some concern. Or I'm watching it here with 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 no sound. But there was some concern over over Katie, and she's got strapping in her hand. It was it wasn't a foul, but it was she, she just fell heavily. Yeah, I think she's actually, I think judging, she said she broke her finger, but look, it's taken off a lot more than a broken finger now to keep Katie McCabe off the pitch, to be honest. She's, she's a bit like Denise being in a boot five days ago and she's out there and she's one of the best players in the park. She's so having a great morning, isn't she? She is, but these players are built a little bit differently, especially the Cork girls. Yeah, they are. They are. No, it's, it, you're, you're enthused at what you're seeing so far because you said to me when we talked earlier in the morning the worst thing that could happen would be that the Aussies would score early they'll also have been thinking they need to score early to get the heads down the Irish heads down but that's not happened yeah no it hasn't I think they're probably not that they've taken us for granted a little bit but I I think they would have been expecting to be going in at at half time ahead and look the pressure's all on them said we're the underdogs and the only thing people that really expect an awful lot from this Irish squad is this Irish squad themselves mm. um, so look as he said it's, it's been textbook so far and I think Vera will be really really happy with that and if you can keep it tight there now for the first 10 of the second half and then maybe spring Amber Barrett from the bench and she could give us another magic yes. moment hopefully yes she's been I'm, I, I was surprised that she wasn't in the, the starting 11 when she's been such a big player at, at, some, at some times in the qualifiers yeah, Vera really has her set 11 there and like it's, it's kind of obvious that as I said we nearly knew once everyone was fit who's going to be starting but look what a player to be able to spring from the bench. Absolutely. I think she, I think a lot of her goals have come from the bench when she's scoring from Ireland so yeah. as I said, she's someone who's going to come on and hopefully as I said another magic moment oh, from listen, and she's produced more than once. Oh, might do it again. <laughs> she's produced more than <laughs> once. All right, exciting times they've gone into half time. You go make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy the, enjoy the second half. How's Babby handling it? She she's enjoying it all anyway. I think she's not a clue what's going on but she's enjoying it. All right, listen. <laughs> Eileen, thank you. Eileen Ring uh, from the Three Other Amigos podcast uh, watching the match as we all were for the first half here in the screen. The second half will be starting about 10 or quarter past 12 and I'm sure Simon will bring you through any drama that occurs but in case you've missed it, scoreless at halftime in Sydney between Ireland and Australia. Just briefly on cash, Justin says the point of a cashless world is control. A government could shut down a person's assets instantly in a cashless world. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Christy said to me about 600 bucks on a purchase in the States can be reported to the government she said even with a card purchase 
or cash being lodged to the bank, it can be reported to the government. That sounds a bit oppressive, does it not? Thank you, Christy, for that. Speaking earlier, you'll hear this on podcast if you're looking for it. So we're talking to Aaron about cashlessness and the importance of keeping the choice. And we're, we're on the same page with that. I think the importance of the choice is totally... Uh, Lin- Linda was then talking about how banks rang her, a bank rang her and started asking her very awkward questions about her own transactions. And, and, and she felt it was none of their business. Now, I thought that was they were ringing her about her banking transactions, but no, it was a random cold call. But they were able to tell her exactly what she was doing. She feels she was being tracked. It's one I'd be happy to return to uh, tomorrow if you want to do that. But for now, we're done. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. One more lash of this. Let's keep keep it going down under. And we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.